Hello, everybody. Welcome to episode number 149 of the Socially Distanced Podcast. As y'all can hopefully tell by now, this is not Bill Botkin, but... However, I am your Mandalorian and your Human Star Wars Encyclopedia, Amanda Rivas, and I am in. I'm leading this this ride, so I'm super excited. And of course, we are here showing all the love to Papa Pedro, and our next split episode covering both The Last of Us and Mando. So again, super excited to be here. And I promise you guys, Bill is still here. So Bill. Of course, our wonderful editor-in-chief of thepopbreak.com. How are you today, sir? Oh, I mean, scarred for life after this episode of The Last of Us, but also full of joy after the la- this episode of The Mandalorian. And uh, yeah, next week is episode 150, and we're just about hitting three years on the podcast, which is pretty wild. I mean, we're in season four, but yeah, year, uh, just about the three-year anniversary. We're still wondering if Tom Brady's actually retired from the NFL. It's uh, it's a full circle moment. He, he's got a kitten, guys. He's got a kitten. He's full of shit is what he is. <laughs> well, of course, we cannot talk about The Last of Us, especially this episode, the penultimate episode, without our resident expert. One of the coolest people I have been fortunate enough to meet. And our favorite millennial mushroom daddy, Alicia Weinberger, welcome back. How are you? Hey, guys. I am doing a lot better than Joel getting injected straight in the tum-tum with some with a dirty needle and antibiotics. I mean, yeah, yeah that, that needle wasn't sanitary. It couldn't have been. No, no. We know him getting stitched up was not. Ooh, I cringed. I cringed. I was like, the germaphobe in me was like, just let me die. Just let me die. <laughs> that thread wasn't wasn't covered with like t- three years of mold either. Oh yeah, no, it was it was perfectly sterile, and he's fine, guys. He's fine. Um, so anyway, on that note, transition from dirty needles. Let's talk about this episode. This so guys, this episode had reached eight point one million viewers, season high. I, I mean, it, it, from what I understand, it blew the season premiere out of, or the series premiere out of the water. So, Bill, did this surprise you? And, you know, why, why do you think that is? Uh, no, because I think everyone's catching up. Uh, I, I think uh, everyone has entered the empty Claire's that is our mind palaces, just bringing it back from last episode, because I can never let that go. Um and I, I think everyone has finally had the time. We had President's Weekend not long ago, and I, I think we've had all had enough time to catch up. And, you know, we heard this one was a big one. And then coming hot off of Episode 8, I'm uh, sorry, Episode 7, which was such a well-received episode, just everyone's going to be tuning in. And I, I have no doubt that the finale numbers are going to be through the roof. So our resident expert, Alicia, what did, what did you think? Do you think... Do we have like an influx of maybe some gamers coming in or or whatnot? I mean, what what do you think led to this bump in numbers? I mean, yeah, I, I right. I mean, like like Bill said, this this is penultimate. I feel like at this point, anybody who's like, eh, I'll wait till the show show's finished and I'll binge watch it is probably binge watching it, or a good chunk of them are. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think there is probably a huge morbid curiosity from the people who. Uh, played the game because we all know how this chapter ends up Um, and it was pretty accurate uh, if not much fucking worse um, than (laughs) what happens in the game Um, but yeah yeah I think I think who who has 
anybody who has not had been hooked at this point is probably hooked or checking it out at this point. So Alicia, again, I, I didn't make it this far in the game. I know there's quite a few of us who, who, who have it. Um, can you do a walkthrough a little bit in terms of, um, of course, you know, with, with Ellie, she's, she's stitched up with a dirty needle <laughs> and questionable string. Um, you know, she's stitched up Joel. She's out there in the woods, you know, trying to find some food. She's got the shotgun. Um, you know, she, and she encounters two gentlemen. She encounters James and David. Can you give us a walkthrough a little bit about who David is in the game, how, and maybe how he's portrayed here versus, you know, in the game versus the show? Yeah. Um, so just as creepy uh, in the game as in the show. Uh, however, in the show, they gave him a lot much uh, a much bigger backstory as well as some context to why he is such a, a, a key manipulator um and james also is just like an npc like he's just some guy that's <laughs> um, what i thought i thought he was an npc right yeah he he's an mp one of the few npcs that are actually like called out by name in the first game uh and he doesn't really have much backstory than that uh but yeah they they did a really great job at kind of fleshing out like why this guy uh, going back to david how this guy came up and it came to be in a leadership position and why he is su such a narcissist and just a, a complete fucking psychopath oh man yeah i i just very reminiscent for me of all the different like cult leaders you hear about he just had that creepy oh man yeah just just straight up creepy vibe that serene look Oh gosh, guys! <laughs> Again, it was, it was awesome. It was awesomely yeah. acted. I will say they don't have the town in the game. So in okay. in the game, you don't. And as somebody, I can understand how somebody who didn't play the game maybe went in thinking like, "Oh, this guy, he's probably like a good guy. He's like a misunderstood leader, um, like Kathleen, maybe, um, or he's just like in a tough spot." But once I you think started it, quoting the Bible, I'm yeah, like, "Yeah, nope, well, villain. my big red flag was." <laughs> When he said, I found faith after the world ended, that's kind of a red flag. No offense to anyone who finds faith in hard times. That, that's a wonderful thing. But this guy, man, just big old creep vibes. Yeah. Yeah, he's like, I found faith. In it, but it, and in the way he was just like, well, I'll, I led all these people out. Not like, because Kathleen was kind of like, let's just take our city back from these people who are raping and killing us. And he's like, no, they depended on me to uh, lead them and take them to salvation. And I'm like, Oh, so you're a cult leader. Uh, and then like, when you're just like reading the Bible, I'm just like, Oh man, it's always the Christians, isn't it? And this is someone who goes to church every Sunday <laughs> saying this, it's always the goddamn Catholics and Christians really just ruin it for everybody. And, um, yeah, he had that. He had the his his voice was too calm. His too it really, even his look, the, the expressions he had were uh, very chamomile. Well, his, um, his 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 look also screamed something else, which we'll get to later. Oh, definitely, definitely. So, speaking of religion, you know, um, Ellie and, and David have this really interesting conversation. Where again, he mentions that he found God after the apocalypse, and Ellie's tone is, "Well, you, after all this happened, you you found God." Kind of just almost in. in kind of sarcastic disbelief here which camp would you guys find yourselves in i mean are you you know if you were in this moment of crisis alicia do you feel like you would you would feel like 
Ellie? Do you feel like you needed something to cling to? I guess, what are your thoughts there? Um, you know, between what Ellie and David were saying. I mean, it, once again, like not truly out of respect for anybody who follows any kind of creed or faith. I, I mean, I, I can understand why people do do turn to to faith um, or some sort of spirituality hard times, and I'm not I'm not shitting on that by by any means. The thing is with David is he says he found God, but that's a cover story, right? Because he really didn't. He just kind of found himself in a situation um, in this universe that basically allowed his monstrous side to prosper without judgment. So did he really find God? I, I don't, I don't really believe that. I think it's just a cover story to, to manipulate people. Um, so yeah, with that said, yeah, I'm probably, <laughs> probably in Ellie's <laughs> camp. Um, yeah. Cause I mean, this world is all about just nature, just nature taking it back. And it's, it's nothing to do with, uh, you know, a lack of faith. It's just something that happened to the world. How about you, Bill? Well, he, he in twofold here, uh, basically weaponizes religion to his own, um, to his own, to bends it to his will. He weaponizes it to get people to believe in him. You know, he's, you know, he's, he understands the, the, the messages in the Bible and, you know, and I put that in air quotes so he can convince people of this and when the first uh passage he reads and the only one he really reads uh, it talks about there will be no more death and i think and i'm like okay i see why they chose that one because you could see him being like he's just trying to get people through it you know hey this happens but we're gonna know what he goes to heaven and things are okay and that's like something i can understand why people would turn to religion and you know praying in order not to die i, I get that but when he does that to be, he then turns it into his own messianic complex of you lack faith in me to his MP, his now fleshed out NPC buddy, uh, buddy boy, as he is referred to throughout <laughs> the episode, which I loved like she was a 1950s gangster. Um, uh, yeah, so he, he uses that to, you know, keep his control because he has made himself the messiah of these people. Um, so, yeah, and. He then abuses his power in the name, using the name of God to abuse his power in many various terrible ways. I definitely agree with y'all both brought up excellent points. And, and, you know, I can, and I, I agree, Alicia, I'm not here to like, you know, pick any religion in particular or pick on any religion or, you know, kind of weigh in on that. But yeah, I feel like sometimes that at certain points, there are people who they're so lost or they're afraid, especially in a world like this, a, a very overwhelming trauma where it's just negative negative i think sometimes people need something to cling on to and some sort of hope and you know you you would you would think that you know yes there's some comfort there but yeah i, I totally agree in that david um used religion twisted it to to manipulate people to to feed his ego to get what he wanted he benefit he benefits off the situation and off the confusion of people and so to me he takes advantage and he uses the, the bible and religion to do so and of course um you know with with ellie you know i think she she brings a very realistic viewpoint because after everything she's been through and that obviously she's going to continue to go through um it's it's easy to lose faith and it's easy to say well why have faith when there's so much so much that's happened already. So, um, so more to, more to come on that, especially with, with everything Ellie's gone through. So, um, 
Then, of course, we talk, we're talking about our fleshed out NPC at this point, played by the original Joel in the game, uh, Troy Baker, who I myself recognize. He does a lot of anime dubs. <laughs> so the geek in me is like, oh, yeah, besides Last of Us, he's voice acting for quite a few animes that I watch. So, um, so obviously, Troy is in a very different role as James and Alicia you know, having played the game and, and gotten used to him as, as Joel, how, how, I guess, how different was it for you seeing him um, in this light and in this capacity versus being Joel, who's trying to protect Ellie in the game? Um, yeah, I, I mean, he's great, right? He's great in, in a live action role. I don't know if he's ever done anything live action uh, prior to this, but uh, he was great. Um, did, I actually did not know what he looked like. <laughs> and I, <laughs> I, I I thought he was like uh, Benedict Cumberbatch's little brother. <laughs> you know, I see that. <laughs> you kind of see it, right? I see it. It's like the long, the long face and like, the, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Huh. Right? A little bit. Yeah, A little bit. I I mean, he's great. I mean, he plays uh, conflicted uh, very well. Um, you know, I, I, I didn't, um, you know, I, I don't necessarily, and I think maybe we'll be getting into this in a second, but I don't necessarily like think I, I belong to the camp of like, oh, he should have played Joel in the live action. Um, it's not to say he's not bad at what he does, but, you know, keep in mind, he's, he's a voice actor and not saying voice actors are any less talented than any actor really. Um, but you know, he's mo-capped. And I don't think he would maybe necessarily have the same physicality that uh, Pedro Pascal could uh, give to the character. But uh, yeah, I thought I thought he was great. Bill, did you want to weigh in on what you thought of Troy's performance? I thought it was a good performance. It was a nice small role there. But uh, I think overall, when it comes to the voice actors that they've included, that's just like this wonderful like nod to. Uh, and, I, and we see this a lot more in well, like what we see this in Man the Mandalorian we'll talk about too is just these these nice like Easter eggs or oh, like almost like an homage to the fan, not just the games, but to the fans who were like, this is like you're paying attention to the show. Here's the here's the voice of this person, here's the voice of this person. Obviously, we had the voice of Tommy earlier in the season. So and it's also cool for the actors to be able to get in there and be you know part of the show because oftentimes we talk about how a voice actors get you know. They're replaced by whether it's in commercials for voiceovers or what have you. They're replaced by bigger name stars, and now these guys, these people are getting a chance to be part of the property still. So, which is pretty cool. So, I like that they're doing that. It gives a, it gives it an air of I don't know authenticity, but it shows that it's just like there's a, a, a care that's put into it by the creators. Obviously, one of the creators is of the video game is involved in the show, so that helps too. But, you know, I I got to thinking, you know, especially with Troy showing up, you know, it makes me wonder. And I wonder if you guys, what your thoughts are on this. Like, do you guys feel like the roles? I mean, obviously, we've seen Tommy's voice actor. And I believe we may see the voice actress for Ellie next episode from what, I'm, what I've seen around the media. Um, do you feel like the roles that they're being placed in are kind of are have a meaning or a purpose or are they just kind of maybe written in you know just so they can be included to give that authenticity i guess you know is there is there an easter egg within the roles i guess that they're being chosen for if that makes sense alicia yeah i mean um 
I, I think like if it was truly just like a, a one-off Easter egg, they would have just played like, you know, bandit number two or you know, <laughs> um, uh, guy in the woods, number three. Um, but, you know, it, it seems like there was, there was some care written into J, uh, Troy Baker's character, James. Um, you know, he plays a very interesting um, kind of right-hand man to David and kind of, kind of our initial introduction that like, Hey, this guy is like, not great. Um, so yeah, I think there was like something super meaningful to that. And, uh, Ashley Johnson, who's, who's going to be spoiler alert, who's going to be playing, um, what seems to be Ellie's mom in yeah. the next episode. Um, obviously she can't play Ellie cause she's a grown woman. <laughs> um, uh, but I mean, what a child actor. Yeah. Exactly. yeah. I was she was. Yeah. I mean, but also like what better, if that was just a, you know, a, a a one-off easter egg what better easter egg to be than the mother of the character you voiced between two different games yeah i I, I personally really enjoying that like especially with troy's role this is such a different you know role than what what again i've seen him in or at least heard him in for for other voice acting or again with with what i did see and experience in the game um it's it's nice to see them in a in a roles that are that stretch their acting chops a little bit too um so i I, I I think it's a nice touch, and I, I like that there's care put into the to the to the roles themselves. But Bill, what what did you think? It's also interesting that the two voice actors we've seen have both played right hand men to the people in power, which is very intriguing. Is to Kathleen and to and to, and to um I David. Uh, I was going to say I forgot his name already, but it was like it, it's very interesting that they and they question they're there as moral compasses for each of them just like are you doing the right thing and they're kind of like asking us the question like hey maybe you should be thinking about this like and i think that's very cool but also i think it also lends to the fact that they lived in this world so they know how to they're almost like guides for the other actors in some ways to be like well this is what the world of you know, the last of us was like, we were there at the creation of it. So they have some sort of ownership in that world, some sort of, they have experience in that world, that ownership uh, with that. And I think like, that's invaluable to have, especially for someone like Pedro Pascal to have the guy who voiced it and be able to use him as like a, just a source. And he's there on set with you. And you can, you can really figure that out because Alicia, like him, coming in him taking out those was him taking out those guys in the the home was that part of the game or no uh yeah 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 because you there is a scene where uh joel uh tortures um two toots in a in a in a house yeah okay so, yeah so to have those he's like okay well how did you play it and he was like kind of has that insight there i think is pretty cool yeah that's that's a i didn't think about that with the right hands kind of roles that's really now I'm like really gonna I'm really gonna question that you know I think I think further and I want to do some digging but um but by having you know the the voice actors in the game I mean obviously we, we've talked about how it it's given credibility you know and it kind of gives it, it gives it gives the show a little bit more legitimacy right but do you feel like having the actors also draws a little bit more criticism do you feel like it's it's the show you know might be looked at, uh, I guess, like through a magnifying glass a little bit more because the voice, the, the voice actors are in it or draw more comparison, negative comparisons, you think, um, Bill? No, I don't think so. Because I, I mean, I don't know, you know, I, I'm speaking as someone who's has not played the game. 
but I think it, like everyone so far, like Ellie and Joel are so universally, you know, Bella Ramsey and Pedro Pascal are so, in those roles are so universally loved that I don't think it's, it, it matters to that. Like some people might make the comparison to Tommy, but we've already just made memes about his rich, luxurious hair. So I don't think people really <laughs> like cared about too much how the, the voice was different. I think you have to make the assumption when it's an adaptation, especially from an animated medium to a live action medium, or even from a, a remake from a different, you know, say uh, an international film to like an American film or vice versa, there's going to be some transition and some differences. But I think, I think they've been pretty, I don't think people are going to knock it because the original voices are there. If there was an original actor, like a live action, like if this was a remake, then people would be like, oh, okay. Like say if 30 years ago, Scott Glenn played this role, which would be pretty great. Um, I think I'm also rewatching Daredevil season two. So that's why so I, I brought him up. And, and so like if he was in it and then you have Pedro Pascal, you're like, wow, he wasn't as good as Scott Glenn or wow, he was a lot better than Scott Glenn. But I think the voice actor is a little different. Okay. Yeah. I, I, you know, I, I feel like a lot of the, the criticisms that I've heard so far probably have more to do maybe a little bit politically you know, with kind of the the woke agenda type of stuff and that that kind of comments are probably more than than the actual um the actual voice actors. But um Alicia, I'm curious to see what you think again, having played being our 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 guide to all things mushrooms here. Um and, and those uh what do you call them? The funnel cake kisses? Funnel cake, funnel cake kisses, kisses yeah. baby. Yeah, all of it, all of it. So what are your thoughts? Like do you feel like having the voice actors, you know, can hurt at all? in the show uh, no no i mean a- absolutely not i i mean like and and bill you know i'm a big just like a vehement supporter of anything animation and and that includes oh i thought actors. you were gonna say like mushrooms and psychedelics i said of course you are I, I, I don't know what you're talking about i am well you should tell everyone neither. about your your mandalorian uh sitcom idea you have before the episode ends oh holy oh, shit yeah, yeah that'd be a good transition oh, yeah. You have, yeah you have no idea what you're in store for <laughs> yeah uh yeah. <laughs> um <laughs> I know I know the, I know what it is. It's great. Um but yeah, no, I I think um a, a voice actor, right? It, they they just simply work in a different medium just like how yeah. some actors uh and performers work in different genres. Um I think having them in the show like doesn't cheapen the experience. Um and having them in the show but not be their roles also doesn't cheapen the experience. I, I mean, I've mentioned it before. Uh, a video game is different from um, a series, right? And it's not to say Troy Baker is not capable of playing somebody like Joel in live action, but I'm not a casting director. And I, I would imagine being a casting director is very difficult. Um, and trying to create a world, uh, you know, that's believable and, and fleshed out, like, yeah, you need to probably cast other people. Um, and, and, you know, not, like I said, not knocking Troy Baker, but there. Pedro Pascal brings a certain physicality, I'm sure, to it that we don't see in an audition that, you know, now we do see it in a, in a show. Um, and yeah, I mean, and anybody who's all like, oh, like the show's being woke and stuff, like eat shit. Yeah. yeah don't fucking dude. lick a mushroom. But like, I'm the go, fun kind. Go, yeah. go, go, lick the a thick, go, go lick a no. thick mushroom daddy. Wow. Yeah. Wow. We just in the lick. butt. <laughs> 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 you're, you're not in the fun way so though like not in the not fun way fun. Like, a, like a bad way <laughs> <laughs> i my soul's left my body 
you know, oh. the, you could tell where our mind palaces all went oh, at that moment. Right so. To the porn <laughs> oh fuck! Oh, oh man! Then we're gonna have to transition <laughs> to like the really fucking shitty part of this episode. Oh, I know. Well, I'm I'm winning the award so far for awkward transitions. Um, but you guys, let's you know, and and I. So we we've talked about this kind of offline a little bit. Um, and not to take away from kind of the seriousness of, of what we saw, but those last five minutes were intense. And I think, you know, Alicia, you've mentioned it. You know, I've, I, Bill, I, when we talked about it, yeah, you know, I, I have to say, I was, I didn't see one and I'm not sure if HBO had one or not. Maybe I just missed it. I didn't think I saw one, but um, I'll, 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 I'll tell everybody that the last five minutes or so of the episode, and there are parts of it, I say starting halfway through are a little disturbing and intense and there's no trigger warning. There's no, um, it caught me off guard. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll put it that way. Um, and least, before we, before we go on, yeah. if, if you've seen the episode and that part was very hard for you to get through when you were triggered by that, I just su- suggest just skipping ahead a little bit in the episode and go past. It's totally cool. Like, we want you to enjoy the episode. So this is our, right. uh, just to give you a heads up, I would say fast forward the episode about the next five minutes or so. Right. And then we'll if go that, into our, our awards. Yeah. If that, if that, um, you know, I guess my main question, and I think Alicia, this is going to be a little bit more for you because again, you, you've played the game and we've talked about this. HBO does this with game of Thrones in particular. And some of the other shows, there are these, these moments, these shock moments that happen. Um, do you feel like, you know, what happened was necessary for this episode or, um, you know, kind of in the, in, in effect to tell the story, if you will, or was this, or was this HBO kind of just up in it a little bit in a way that makes a lot of people kind of cringe. If I have to get in like the, the nitty gritty of it, right. Um, in the games, like, yes, David is, is, is a child predator, right. Um, it is, it is not implied. Um, I mean, I've seen like comments on Twitter where people would play the game and they're like, well, he was a, he wasn't a predator in the game. He is. I, I do not see how that flew yeah. over some people's heads. Uh, apparently it did. So if, if mm. because the scene in the game isn't as I, I mean, I don't know how to articulate it, it isn't as right. visceral. Right. Um, but that's splitting hairs because we know what his intentions are in the game because he's a fucking creep. Um, and then when he has her in the diner, it's it's not as visceral in the game. But it, like I said, it's it's really splitting hairs. Um, so I, I don't know if it was ne- it was necessary. I think, however, in the certain kind of climate we exist in today when it comes to men you know, men or really are anybody, but are men really in positions of power, um, specifically that of a theology, mm-hmm. right? Um, I think it's something maybe they were trying to touch on and, and to have it resonate with an audience in our in our current climate. Um, was it necessary? Um, like I said, some people played the game and like apparently that fucking subtext like went over their heads. Don't know how that could have happened but um yeah i i i mean it was effective enough right in the beginning parts of the in the in the former parts in like the jail cell um 
but yeah, I was, uh, there was a big collective, like fucking ew, uh, in the room when we watched that. Yeah. Same. I mean, it just, it was very, Ooh, I, I, it was very cringe, very cringe, but you know, I'm thankful HBO didn't go further. Um, because we know HBO can, can be intense. Um, so, th- so there's that, but, but that's good to know. And at least in the context of the game that, 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 you know, that wasn't something added in if you, if, if you will. So, um, Bill, did you want to yeah, weigh in before? Yeah. You guys were mentioning like, cause I didn't watch the episode. Like I normally do until like, um, you know, before this episode, before we started recording and then you're like, Oh, there's a trigger warning. And I'm like, Oh, because they're cannibals. Alicia spoiled that last week. I mean, like, okay, cool. And then uh, when they were in the prison cell, and he put his hand there, and I was like, oh, no, this is where this is going. Fuck. And then I thought they would drop it. I thought they would drop it. And especially when he dropped the C-bomb, which is not something everyone drops right. a lot in shows, yeah. unless it's the UK. Uh, and then it's like, whatever. Uh, it's just a pedestrian <laughs> word. Uh, but when he said that, I'm like, oh, no. Yeah. So that wasn't an FU. That was like, that was a spurn. He was felt spurned by his advances. And uh, and then I didn't think they'd go any further with it. I felt like he was going to kill her because he's like, well, um, you're going to die now because you have rejected me. But uh, when he made the bite comment, that's when my skin crawled off my body. And um, I'm glad HBO didn't go further because HBO has gone further, right. especially in Game of Thrones. It was it's been pretty terrible. And um, I don't. Yeah, it was like that's when he was mad with power because you could see him trying to he was didn't care if the diner, the restaurant burnt down around them. He was going to exact his revenge and he was going to get what he wanted to. And Ellie, um, I don't think anyone's been killed that brutally in this show or any of the other last two years of shows I've watched. Um and I know that in the post uh, episode documentary, they were saying how he she's unfortunately this will scar her forever. And I'm assuming that happens in the game as well. But um, I get it. I, I don't think any of us want to see scenes like that. There could have been other creative ways to do it potentially. Um, I don't know what those were, um, but it's. It sucks to watch, and I I feel bad yeah. for anyone who. And I think that was a little irresponsible. I not a little. I think it was irresponsible of HBO to put a scene like that out there without a forewarning of something uh, right. like that. Definitely, definitely agree with that. And 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 transitioning, like you guys, let's talk about Ellie's survival skills. I mean, how imp- uh, to me it's impressive that she has made it being so young. Um, in the show, just how is it that somebody has the ability to survive and think through these situations? Um, I mean, you know, Alicia, do you want to weigh in and talk about, you know, Ellie's, Ellie's survival skills, what your thoughts are? Could, could you handle, I guess, could, could you, um, do you feel like you'd have that, that ability, that survival ability if you were her? I mean, first off, at a fucking girl to like, be yeah. like I'm with a group 
smart because I obviously smaller stakes. I have definitely been in uh, many of it. it, Well, my younger days, not that I'm super old, but uh, drunken situations where I'd be like, no, I'm with a group. I'm fine. No, thank you. Um, So uh, unfortunate that she has to know what what that, how to do that, but smart. Um, So I think, I mean, uh, I mean, I don't know. I'm a terrible shot. So that fucking deer, I, I mean, we, I would starve to death before I even got that far. Um, but yeah, I mean, she was, she's a, she's a smart, spunky kid. Um, and I think, I think they also mentioned what's kind of great about her character. If I could go on a little bit of a sure, aside. absolutely, absolutely. Um, something they did change about the game is they, they kind of brought more of a physicality to her where she is like a child. Right. And they, and they do bring it up in, in, I think in the, post-show podcast they do where they talk about how um because in the game she actually has a bow and arrow um but they made a conscious effort of giving her like a an adult-sized shotgun a hunting rifle and they and they did that on purpose because they wanted to convey that like you know um ellie is a kid she's a kid and she's like barely holding on to this thing um but yeah i mean me i'd I'd be out of breath in like five minutes (laughs) Yeah, I had to shot myself in the foot. I'm not gonna oh, lie. When she fell, yeah. I was oh god, I was like, please, I hope that safety's on. I I'm sure that's how a lot of people get uh yeah. get a one-way ticket to the pearly gates that way. Yeah, like I, I mean, I think even to just keep somebody like Joel alive, but we've we've talked about that where it's it's you you know, having the foresight, you know, to even you know, I'm going to get this, even though, yes, it is a questionable needle and Lord knows how long it's been there um, to be able to stitch, stitch up an adult man and think on your feet, think on your feet like that um, and not show any fear in dealing with these, like, especially with the group of men hunting for you, like the way she was like, hey, mother, you know, kind of on the horse and everything and just taking charge. Well, I, I mean, wouldn't have had the balls to do that. I mean, the other thing you have to think about is in the series, in the series so far, um, she has dealt with clickers. She has dealt with a horde of of mushrooms coming at her and then watching this like woman who's kind of nice to her um, immolate herself and kill all these people. She's seen all the fireflies who are protecting her get slaughtered. Um, She watched the girl she loves get killed right in front of her and she killed a um she killed a, a a zombie for lack of a better term um Kansas City happened i think at this point it's just it it's she's just adapted because she's been through worse it's just a bunch of dudes so it's just like well they're not running at me and i i could try and fend them off and she's also hoping everything she's doing is kind of a hope and it's actually it's what everyone's doing is just like even Joel, when he when they got searched by the dogs, you're just hoping you don't get killed. That's what you're just gambling with your life every time you do almost anything in this world. So it's like it's all a gamble. So it's like, all right, fuck it. We got to I'll, I'll ride off this horse. And then the, the, she gets knocked off the horse. She gets she yeah. takes a header, gets a concussion. Because. 
which is actually really funny if you see the behind the scenes because they just have a horse uh, statue essentially, and they have it on a conveyor belt. It goes oh, wow. by, and they eject the stunt person out of it, and it <laughs> looks it's the funniest, dumbest shit I've ever seen. But like they cut it so well that you never know. But it's just like it's just like here's wow. one horse, and you're like fuck that horse looks is painted brown. Great, thanks guys. But it's um. Yeah, everything's a gamble. So it's just like she's gonna be like, okay, it's this or die. So you gotta try what you can. I mean, she barely knows how to sew, but I mean, she probably knew from the Fedra training some of yeah. the stuff, but like she's seen a lot of death. So it's just like at this True. point, it's like fuck it. I guess it just hardens. It has to harden you at some point. Just you have to have some kind of defense mechanism up, you know, some kind of wall to cope, I think, mentally. So that's a great it, point. And it's more believable than like because this has always pissed me off about the walking dead it's just like these random everyday people are just like well i'm now a crack shot with a machine gun i know how to make napalm i have art and like there was one where they were like moving like phalanx like pincer movements and they had shields and there was like tactics like they were fucking patting like i'm just like come on give me a fucking break none of you guys know what you're doing you're acting like you're in delta force this is fucking stupid but i mean this is people who are just like they're with rifles and knives and it's messy and it's weird and it's awful and it's like it's and people are everyone's shit in their pants because they could die at any moment. And so that's what works about this show. Yeah, I mean, that's it's it really does. I mean, it's it's real. And I think that's why people connect with it. Because I had the same issue with The Walking Dead. I was like, really? Really? Okay. I'm just hoping. I, I think I felt like watching The Walking Dead made me feel like, well, if that happens, maybe I'll get some kind of supernatural type of ability to survive instead of shooting myself in the foot probably falling and tripping and being one of the first to be eaten by the zombies. I'm pretty sure I will buy you guys time. You're welcome. <laughs> You're a nice person. <laughs> I mean, as, as somebody who wears glasses, I'm fucked. I mean, oh, I lose oh, these. Same. That's it. I'm oh. done. Same. I have contacts. If I can't, if I can't, uh, if I lose my contacts, lose my glasses, don't worry, Alicia, I'll be right there with you again. I oh, will buy I'm, you time. I'm just, <laughs> I mean, like, I like I'm close to my computer and you guys are in. Okay. You know, focus if i move back any further i'm you're starting to blur so it's bad so yeah we're all screwed come on so we're saying we're buying everyone time okay all right you're you're welcome everyone listening we will buy you time but speaking of time i was on this podcast you'd be like good bye i know i would like push probably shove me back like that start start taking start (laughs) taking bets now he probably would be he's like betting online he's like all right my parlay is alicia amanda and bill eat it first (laughs) well speaking of uh let's give some awards out because again this episode honestly as heavy as the heaviest episode for me but as heavy as it was we had some really outstanding performances um in this i mean you know who was the best performance who's getting the golden clicker for you guys this week we had some good performances here um bill who would get your golden clicker uh i'm going two weeks in a row with bell ramsey because they delivered once again it was it made ellie have this sense of like still could be a kid and be very afraid and very small, spelled S-M-O-L, especially like that type of small. And then yet decide 
I'm gonna put a ha- I'm gonna put a cleaver in this guy's neck. I'm gonna trick them, think I'm infected. I'm gonna take the and I'm gonna take this scumbag and I'm gonna I'm gonna send them to the afterlife in pieces. Like she made those decisions. She went after this guy and fought like an adult. And Bell Ramsey does this great job of portraying Ellie as a kid and as an adult in in this in this this insane world. And that's what drives this whole episode. And so it's Bella Ramsey twice in a row. Alicia, who's getting your golden clicker? Oh man, that horse. Oh, that, that oh I know. Rip horse. Oh. The horse. That horse put in work. I hope I hope the horse IRL is, is enjoying a really lovely time on a, some Hollywood ranch. Not the one from Nope, but a different Hollywood. <laughs> oh, gosh, <laughs> you no. look, Bill. Oh, that like, movie gave the me one an from, anxiety uh, attack. <laughs> oh, I haven't seen it yet, but I know about it. Uh, oh, uh, yeah, I'm torn. I mean, Bella is great. They're great. Um, like I said, uh, they, they brought a certain physicality to it that really sold that... Um, yeah, Ellie is a precocious, scrappy kid, um, but also still a kid, right? And kind of definitely removes that disconnect of when you play a video game, you have this entire power fantasy. Um, so yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna have to give it to them again, two for two. Awesome. Yeah, I I was conflicted this week too because Bella Ramsey just knocks it out of out of the park. I mean, going from everywhere from being you know, very brave and, and just super intelligent. They're just, I mean, just having those survival skills, but also the vulnerability that they display at the end of the episode, you know, baby girl, that just, Ooh. that hurt, that hurt my heart right there because, you know, there's a, there's that moment where again, you've seen her be tough and think through and try to, uh, or see them, you know, be tough and, you know, go through, um, kind of go through all of this in this episode. And yet the vulnerability they display is, is just, it, it, it hurts even more um, having watched, watched the, the, the whole episode, but you know, Scott Shepard though, the actor who played David, that was tough too, because he legitimately creeped me out. Um, just, it, it takes a lot to commit to that type of role. Um, but you know, for me, Bella Ramsey, I, I'm going to make it unanimous. It's it's got to be it's got to be Bella, even though Scott was a very close second because you know they they played off of each other. The dynamic was was that that that's hard to act through, and they they both did they both did a, a great job. Um, great. Yeah, it's it's uh, ooh, what an episode, guys. And, and you know, I want to know what you guys think going forward. What what do we what do we think is still going to happen? Because we're here in the penultimate episode um, at this point. We're we're coming to an end uh, for the first season. So, I mean, you know, Alicia, do you have any still any predictions? Any any thoughts here about where the show is going to go or where it may end? I will say, I I don't think they're going to deviate from the ending. I, I at this point, I cannot possibly see them deviating from the ending. You can't because if you played the game, um, had they uh, deviate with the ending, I mean, there would be two possibilities, right? Like Joel gets her to the Fireflies and they find a cure and spoiler alert to anybody who never played the game, she would have died, right? Um, Or the other choice was Joel yeets her the fuck out of there and takes her back to Jackson and that ends in a really bloody shootout. 
Um, the only thing I can see them deviating with is obviously we're going to get a backstory that was not in the games with her mom and like how probably how Ellie got infected. Um, and if I had to assume, I think they're going to set this up in a way that uh, it's a, a sh- like without a shadow of a doubt, Ellie is the only one in this world that's like this. Um, it's not a, some like genetic fluke that she happens to be immune. I think what they're probably going to set up is somehow her mom um, was coincidentally in labor and then got bit and transferred that infection to Ellie. And then somehow through science it away, Ellie is literally the only one in the world that's like this um, through a very specific one in a million chance circumstances. And the reason why I think that they need to set that up is in the second game, Ellie deals with a, a good amount of survivor's guilt. Um, not obviously not because obviously because of everybody she's lost in the first game and saw die, but also because she's she thought she was gonna save everybody. And uh, Joel lies to her and he they try to rationale that like, oh, no, worry, don't worry. There, there's got to be other people in the world that are immune. And the reality is probably not. So mm. I think that's what we're definitely going to see in that in that backstory. Bill, what do you think? I kept questioning if Joel was going to make it out of this episode. And I'm still wondering, and I'm sure Alicia already knows, but like I'm wondering if he makes it to, this, to the next season. I mean, he probably is. But one has to wonder, Alicia. Uh, so that's my question. I know there's they're going to get blown up at one point. Apparently, that's a thing. Um, because in the the trailer, there's there's a grenade at some point that's just lying there. Um, so it'll be interesting to see who makes it out. Um, I really want to know what's going on in Jackson Hole right now. I want to know what's, you know, if it's like spring, like if we're showing a new movie in the movie theater. Um, like what's what's at the tavern? Did they finally get bacon? I would like to know that answer. These are things I like and would like a happy ending in that respect. Um, but yeah, I have a feeling it's just going to, I think they're going to stick, whatever that ending of the video game is, because it necessitated a sequel, it's probably a very iconic ending. I'm taking guesses here. So I would say they don't want to deviate too hard from that because then that would kind of kill the vibe of the game. Only if they could only if they can enhance it like they've done with everything else. So uh that and I would also like to say that uh, unprofessionally, because I know he listens to this podcast, our uh network our podcast network director Alex Marcus has sent me the Pedro Pascal and Hot Ones video so if you're looking for that go check that out on youtube i'm sure amanda's watched it 12 times thank you alex breaking my concentration closer to 20 okay <laughs> so amanda do you have any amanda do you have any theories on what's going to happen for the finale you know again i'm completely blind coming into this i, I rely on alicia at this point because i have not i did not make it very far in the game so i just honestly feel like we're getting a cliffhanger ending of some sort. I, but I think you bring up a good point too, Bill, in that we may see like an enhanced ending of, of the original video game coming in. But I just feel like it's going to be some sort of cliffhanger that's going to make you want to come back next season. Um, I think Joel will make it. And, um, you know, because I, I think Pedro Pascal has talked about a season two, so it makes me feel like he's going to show back up in it. Um, but yeah, I feel like we're just going to get some sort of cliffhanger Cliffhanger ending. And speaking of cliffhanger endings, we're going to not do that with this particular episode because I want to know what you guys are going to rate the episode. Um, you know, Bill, what do you think? What uh, Man, what would Al say? 
Oh, for I, I don't know what wacky, kind of inflatable, inflatable uh, system. Oh, it's obviously um, severed ears on the floor. I was going to say the same shit. There you, you go. Know, we got it. Brain, so same brain, same brain, same mind palace, dude. We're connected like a bunch of mushroom people rolling on the dirty streets of Boston. So, so who's the original <laughs> clicker? <laughs> Who gave the funnel kisses? <laughs> oh, God. Uh, Alicia, obviously. Yeah, probably. Exactly. I probably drank. Exactly. I, I, I forgot to mark my solo cup down with the oh, party sharpie, and, and that was it. That was there. It. You go. There oh. you go. Oh man. Well, how okay. many severed ears on the floor would you give this episode, Bill? And it's kind of cliche to say, but I give it a nine. It's just, again, it's just a great episode. I mean, this will go down as one of, you know, we're going back in this series and we're talking about like iconic episodes. This will be one of them. I mean, it really will. And I, I, I think this will be, it's in this episode, the last episode, episode three, maybe the Kansas city shootout episode, maybe not, but definitely episode three, episode uh, seven and eight for sure, because these are just great, performances uh a great story uh advances our story uh the guest star was incredible um and it was like again it was realistic it made sense it's it felt natural like this whole show has um most post-apocalyptic things feel very heightened and manufactured and this never has for me so i think it's a great episode if you're if you haven't seen it and you listen to this whole podcast again go in with a warning uh so i'll i'll go ahead and jump in and just say that i'm also going to give it a nine in terms of severed ears on the floor um that's a lot that's a lot of ears on the floor um really well done i i agree i echo a lot of what you're saying bill because this episode is definitely an iconic episode in the in the series it's a landmark episode for me uh the acting was on point by everybody and this really upped the ante for me in terms of what's going to come at the end of the show. And it's making me go, am I going to be mentally prepared for what's happening the rest of the show? Um, so I'm going to go ahead and jump to our expert here, our guide, our favorite millennial mushroom daddy to bring us home with your awesome, awesome ratings. I want to hear how many separate years you've got going on for this episode. Uh, I'm going to give it nine and a half wet like extra wet fresh Ooh. moist <laughs> separate <ears. laughs> on the floor on a dirt kitchen floor um, <laughs> that was gross i'm sorry everybody i wish you would just you know. really, like, i wish you had just been like and uh thanks for having me on guys <laughs> I have that image in my head now. Like I heard the squishing. It wasn't dry. It wasn't dry at all. I just I want to imagine like like a scripted outtake where like one of the people that were in like David's group just like slip on the ear by accident. Like oh. just kind of slip on it. Like a, not like a full on trip, but like like oh shit, you know? Like staring at the back, back of their shoe, like ew. Yeah, ew, what oh. the fuck? Ew, what is oh, this? Oh, that's the lobe. Just oh. 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 the word lobe in that context is so gross. And you know, they kind of oh, kick it under the counter, how like when you drop an ice cube and you kind of just kick it under your fridge and you forget yeah. about it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> It'll melt. Yeah, I, I'm going to have to give it like nine and a half. Um, I, I mean, I think this probably quenched a lot of people's uh, uh, 
quelled a lot of people's complaints about like, oh, there's not enough action in the show. Uh-huh. Like, there's not enough zombies, even though in reality, like, you know, if you went out west and you're in the middle of fucking nowhere, there probably actually wouldn't be a lot of zombies in real life. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, I think we finally saw Pedro uh, Joel like just fucking unleash on these guys finally and we kind of saw like what kind of damage he can do even when he's at like operating at 20 percent um he fucking eviscerated those dudes um he really so yeah, did. yeah, he yeah. Really did. the best he line did. is like oh i believed him don't worry <laughs> yeah yeah and i i think just you know as visceral and if you want to call it action-packed you know i i, I hate to use the word action-packed like i said i think it's just more visceral out of all the episodes yeah, we've gotten sure. so far um but it wasn't an absolute power fantasy right like Joel is still sick and limping and he had to use his noodle to get some of these guys down. It wasn't like he's punching his way through walls and going coral. <laughs> um, coral. Yeah. Yeah. So not nine and a half wet ears on the floor. Okay. At your well, golden thank- corral. Oh gosh. On that note. <laughs> oh, God. Thank you, Alicia, for, for joining us. And, you. you know, we're, we're, again, we're excited to have you. Thank you for, for leading us on this journey where we are encountering squishy severed ears and funnel kisses and mind palaces and like dessert okay. eclairs, all the things. Oh, dessert eclairs. Oh my God. Now I want yeah. that. Oh, yeah. Um, delightful. So, <laughs> so, you know, please take us home with like a, a quick, where can people find you on social media and like a quick pop culture recommendation? Um, you can find me on Twitter um, at a Weinby, W-E-I-N-B-Y. Um, on Twitter, uh, I, I don't really tweet much. Just I like to, to support other artists and tweet fan art and cool shit I find online. So if you just want a cool little uh, feed to look at, uh, by all means, follow me. Um, but you will not be getting as many hot takes <laughs> on my feed as you hear uh, uh, here, especially about Golden Corrals. Don't need that at Golden Corrals, nasty. Um, <laughs> uh, quick pop culture recommendations. Um, if I could give one and a half. Just humor me for a second. One, real quick, Resident Evil 4 remake demo just dropped tonight. All right, everyone go fucking play that. Is that why you were like, can I go on the podcast later? No, it wasn't. It's because I wanted to go eat uh, goat vindaloo, and I did, and I'm 90% goat vindaloo right now. Um, I don't even know what that is, but it sounds delightful. Oh, it's delicious. You should try it. Um, And uh, yeah, I mean, my actual pop culture recommendation does not exist. I just want Disney Plus to hear me out. I watched the delightful (laughs) Babu Fricks scene, and I'm just—I just got a soft pitch to anybody who's listening. You need to make a series of shorts in a sitcom-esque style about a young, plucky young woman in the city rooming rooming with the three Babu Fricks. Yes, I know that's not all their names. I don't know what their species is called. Um, And you need to call it "No More Fricks to Give." Oh my God, I love that name. No fricks to give. Yes, no fricks to me. give. Cast me, Disney. Yeah, hear us. You, Imagine you, this. You definitely hear. You definitely listen to this podcast, Bob Iger. Two just, on each shoulder, one on each shoulder, one on my head, and we're just we're going out. We're getting coffee. We're eating avocado toast. It's going to be a good time. Oh no man, can, no and you fricks have to, to grive. and grive. <laughs> and you need to have Carl Weathers as your nosy neighbor as well oh, he's he's at some point he's my super or he's my landlord he's there my you landlord. go yeah there you go sure. disney please make this happen on that note on that very very happy note with all the babu fricks you know again thank you alicia for joining us hopefully we'll see you next week as we're inching closer 
to the end of the, I guess, like fungus trail, I guess. is what fungus trail. End of the fungus trail. So, oh, yeah. And um, so, of course, I think we're getting ready to transition to part two. So, so Alicia, thank you for joining us, and we shall be right back. And hello, everyone. Welcome back to part two of our split episode, Papa Pedro Love here. We are now transitioning from The Last of Us to talk about, of course, our favorite Star Wars, like just show in the galaxy ever at this point, Mando episode two, what, what? So of course, uh, now it's a late night party. We're excited and uh, we can't do this. We're joined, of course, by our managing editor of thepopbreak.com. He's just decided to take a break from hanging out with the Anzellans, you know, the Babu Fricks and Carl Weathers and join us. Al, how are you doing this evening? Uh, I'm doing great. I'm doing I'm I'm doing as well as uh, Carl Weathers is in the beginning of episode one. He's crushing it. And right now I'm crushing Man. it as well. And when I say crushing, I mean, I'm crushing this coffee to stay awake. <laughs> yeah. I mean, do you uh, have this... your little droids ready to go that are carrying? Of course. Yes. Yes, okay. they're carrying carrying my 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 gym shirt that I'll be wearing tomorrow morning. That's yes. hops. And hops is currently just <laughs> gnawing on that gym shirt very sloppily. He's like, He's definitely sleeping at this point. <laughs> well, and of course, we can't do this without our guest. Super excited to have him on the show. Producer, commentator, interviewer. I don't know if there's anything Rob doesn't do, uh, but of course, uh, you know, apparently, girl mustache. <laughs> Besides wow. that, besides that, already, <laughs> already. Hey, here quick. we go. Here we <laughs> I, go. That... I had to think of one thing. <laughs> of wow. course, the the founder, the the leader of our of our wonderful little group over at the Bob Culture Podcast. I think one of the most honest journalists in wrestling. And of course, congratulations on a big, a little over seven year anniversary, Rob Williams. Welcome to the show. We're excited to have you. Appreciate it. Thank, thank you guys for having me. And thank you for like the kind words. I appreciate it. I don't know who canceled on you guys, uh, but I appreciate <laughs> you letting me part of the uh, A squad, the force is strong with this one. Oh man. Oh man. This is, this is the way. And speaking of the way guys, just as kind of a little quick, little quick warm up. Um, you know, we, we've talked and or here before and the news has just come out that this next season of Andor is going to be the, the last season. So what do you guys, what do you guys think about that? You know, Bill, any, any thoughts on, on Andor being the last season two being the last season? Good. <laughs> uh, because uh, I'm, I think, you know, we kind of knew it could go two or three seasons. I like the fact we're going to have a short uh, series because we've seen it all too often. Oh, it doesn't matter where it is. Uh, I was talking on another podcast how Showtime, you know, runs shows into the ground on, you know, like billions is on like season 12 or something like that. It's ridiculous. I think they ran that one show. There was one show that was like well, Homeland ran 10 seasons and the main character died in season three. You know, it's like, come on. Like, what are we doing here? But one of my favorite shows of all time is a one season show and it's Watchmen. Yeah. HBO did it. It was an amazing series. Ran you know, a handful of episodes. And I still think about that. The nine was it nine episodes. I think it was, I think it was like nine. I don't think yeah. it was more than 10. Yeah. yeah. And, and it ended. And I still think about that ending all the time. It's like, what really did, what was the next thing that was going to happen? We'll never know. And that's great. I don't want to know. 
because they ended it perfectly. So Andor was phenomenal. I think still criminally underrated and underwatched. And uh, I hope people catch on to it before the next season because it's just such a great show. It really, really is. And I I think that when a show has a f- an end to it, you, especially if people know what they're doing, they're going to hopefully stick that landing because they know what they, they know what they're doing. This wasn't a cancellation. This was like, we're planning on ending out season two. So they're going to plan and end it like Succession's doing that with season four. They're like, okay, this is it. We're done. So they probably have a good ending written. All right, Rob, what do you think? Yeah, I, I think it's really interesting. Like, I'll be honest. I feel like Andor, um, yeah, here comes the automatic uh, quick uh, go-to wrestling analogy. Andor is like the smart wrestling fan, right? Like the start smart, uh, star, the smart Star Wars fan. Um, it took me a little while to get into Andor. I think it was Bill I was talking to, maybe some other people. And like, I kept getting into it and like kind of just getting away from it or falling out of it. And I think it was Bill that said, hey, like, hey, stick with it. Like, it gets it really was. good. And then, you know, once it got to certain things and story arcs, I like, no, binge, binge, let's go. Um, great show. Uh, I wouldn't, you know, be like heartbroken if that was kind of the end right then and there. Clever ending. Um, give me one more season. I'm cool with like those, you know, Smallville, my favorite show of all time. I waited 10 seasons to see Superman wear the cape and fly for 10 years. So uh, I'm cool with two years on Andor. Okay, Al. Yeah, no, I, I mean, I think Bill uh, summed it up perfectly with good uh, because <laughs> it, it really it, it it's a show that warrants uh, a an end point, right? Like we know where this character goes with Rogue One, right? So it's like we're they're filling in the gap of like pre Rogue One, and and like I don't think there's a point to draw that out, and like I think a lot of the news coming out this week of you know Bob Iger's thoughts on star wars and and mcu and things like that is like i think they were way too ambitious with how much content that they wanted to come out with and i think this is going to be more of like his speed of like let's let's give them this really good thing for two seasons and we'll take some time and work on the next thing like there are so many projects that like hit the chopping block this yeah. this week mm-hmm. and i think honestly that's a good thing we we saw what happened when we got too much star wars movies in one year um or or you know not enough space in between i think the same thing can be said with the the projects yeah i agree uh, on- Iger specifically brought up one of our favorite lost uh, classics, uh, Solo. Solo, yeah. And how yeah. how badly that was received because it was six months after. Um, oh God, what am I going to forget it? The second uh, L- uh, last uh, the, the last Jedi. Yeah, so everyone was like, "Boo, that sucked." Uh, Ryan Johnson, uh, and then it was like, "Oh, we don't want to watch Solo." And if Solo had been like at a different time, a different place, probably yeah. would have done a lot. Well, because he he basically compared like Rogue One made a billion like a billion dollars in the, the box yeah, office. Right. Yeah. And so only made like less than 400 million. So it's like, yeah, I think they just need to be more precious with the material. It's it's like, I'm really happy that they're doing new things and expanding the universe and stuff like that. But like, take some time and really think about what these projects mean and what they like, what the future of them is. Right. I mean, succession, I think is a, is somewhat of a good example, but like, I don't think he said like we're doing four seasons and we're done. Like I think it was like they said four or five. So yeah. So I mean, it really depends on like how much story is there to tell, how long does it take, and you know, that's really it. It's those are the two main things. It's like you know we like 
<laughs> Rob mentioned Smallville. You could cut out like five seasons of that show because of how much like filler is in there. So uh, I'm glad they're only doing two seasons. I'm really excited about season two. And then I can't wait to see the next thing they do. That's just give, uh-huh. just give me some time in between. You know, I, I had a little bit of a rough go at first. I was like, oh, it's such a good show, though. I loved Andor. It's one of my one of my favorite Star Wars properties so far of the new material that that's come out. And, um, you know, but I agree. I think I think having a season two and a definitive end is a good thing, um, because I feel like especially now with a shorter season or shorter season planned or a shorter kind of time frame, the stakes are going to be higher and they're going to be upped higher. I think we're going to get a little bit more of an action packed season two. That's going to get us right to where Rogue One kind of starts off for Cassian. So so it's bittersweet because, again, I enjoyed it, but I'm fine with it being a, a two season show. So speaking of awesomeness, guys, I mean, how cool is it that this episode we get to go to Mandalore? I mean, we get more Bo-Katan, we get Pele, we get we get so much good stuff here, guys. But my my first question for y'all is we meet this lovely little droid, or we see him again, actually, because we saw him before, a little R5. Um, and we, we just came fresh off talking about IG-11. You guys tell me, are you a team? Do you want to, did you want to see IG-11 come back? Or are you team now R5? Who, who, who are you kind of feeling here for, for top droid? Um, Al, your thoughts on, on what yeah. team you're on? I, I think we talked at length, especially last week, about like how we thought the kind of the whole episode one was weirdly paced and and almost unnecessary in terms of like why are we getting ig why are we resurrecting ig11 like what's so special about him when any droid can do it and that's basically what just happened it was like wait why are we talking about why did we even talk about ig11 so it's like uh i'm, I'm a big fan of of the new droid um which you have to uh, uh R, was it r5, r5. R5, R5 yeah. before, yeah. R5. I'm going R5. Yeah, I'm I'm a big fan. I, I I love when they introduce new droids. Um, or one like we get to spend more time with them and then find like the little quirks and personalities. Like this is like, it's basically C3PO but in R2's body. Like super nervous and doesn't want to do shit. <laughs> that's I, funny. I love that. Uh, you know that's a that's a nice uh a nice little flip flip of the script. So definitely a fan of, yeah. of my my boy R5. All right, Rob. What do you think before you before you pick a team? Before you pick a side, um, just a quick, quick recap. What were your thoughts on the first episode? Uh, but my thoughts on the episode, first of all, a lot better than the first one. It was fun. It was solid. But this was a level of Shadows of the Empire on N64. This was we're going into the cave. We're facing different monsters. We're going to go back. We're going to get the ship. We're going to get the help. We're going to come back. Um, it was a lot of fun. I, I liked it a lot. It was really good, way better than the first one, but it reminded me so much of like playing that old game. Instead of Dash Rendar, you have Mando. You're going in every corner. You're going underwater. You're going in a crevice. Um, there's going to be a monster jumping out. You're going to have a fight. A lot more action. Um, it was solid. You know, this is not Mando out there saving the galaxy. This ain't Mando out there, you know, um, taking out the Empire. This is Mando. He's trying to take a bath. Okay, so what? So which droid? What droid team are you on here? If I had to go droid, 
and again, another shadows of the empire analogy, man, I think IG 11, I automatically go IG 88, you know, that, that battle you have in the game, uh, you know, famous bounty hunter from the old star Wars. So he's the villain, you know, you get an astrometrics droid, you get an R five, man. There's a special place in my heart for that. You know what I'm saying? You know, he's a little nervous, but he's a little bit more endearing. Um, IG 11 was kind of a pain in the butt. Somewhere down the line, we might see him resurrected, but to Al's point, why? Uh, maybe just for the big callback or the shock value, whatever it is. But I, I, I'm actually interested in maybe character development or droid development in this Astrometrics droid. Okay, all right. Well, I I, I wonder if IG-11, they're throwing that out there because Taco Waititi's movie is the only one that's not canceled. So I don't know, maybe, maybe we might get an IG-11 movie? Uh, out of this or something i don't know i feel like there's there's a reason i've heard there's damon reason, lindelof's but... movie is not canceled either okay well either i i mean bill what do you did you did you pick a side i mean listen r5 is just like me it's riddled with anxiety you cannot just it's just like <laughs> shit i'm gonna die if i go in this cave why are you sending me in here to take samples of oxygen you have a helmet get the kid a helmet you dick like but no it's like unfortunately that would i would be very nervous um i think the ig11 stuff just didn't work last time it felt like again we just said just it felt like a square peg in a round hole uh if they're able to bring uh, ig11 back you know when there's going to be i think a big the big battle towards the end i think that'll be cool but the r5 finally gets justice remember the r5 was originally supposed to be bought by luke and then he popped a gasket and apparently someone put on twitter like he's been in like all he was in the original trilogy he was in the prequels he was in the sequels and now he's here so they're like this this droid has hit all of them and i also love the fact he looks cheap and so yes. of course pele is gonna be like Oh, here's the shitty droid I've been trying to get rid of for for two shows for this and and, and, uh, and Boba Fett. So please take him off my hands. He's annoying, and um, it was wonderful comedy with Tracy uh, with Amy Sedaris. And, oh, she's uh, great. And then yeah, so R five. I'm gonna go with R five because I can I can relate on so many levels. Yeah, I hear you, Bill, on that one. Um, R five is like if I were a droid personified, it would be R five. My anxiety anxiety riddled droid self it's like man i feel attacked watching him um <laughs> but i i loved it i you know it, it was a great way to bring amy sedaris back back into the series you know i mean her her line with are you going after boba that was great by the way i don't know yeah, i i, I, I like popped that. for that i popped for that whole line right there um but you know i i mean i'm just wondering now and, and i feel like maybe i could see ig11 being dropped if they're like oh the jawas can't find the part you know, this is a nice transition to maybe get him off the radar and yet, you know, bring in, bring in this, this awesome new droid that I think we're, we're all going to hopefully get to know over the series of the show and see his quirks and, and whatnot. So, um, but you guys, there was a lot here in this episode. Let's talk about, you know, obviously Mando finally busts out the Darksaber. We're wondering, I mean, we're here in the whole time we heard last episode. Yeah, I have it, but we never saw it. And now we do. And obviously he's still struggling to use it very much. So, um, to, I mean, personally, I was surprised that he was still struggling that much. I mean, how do you, how do you guys feel about that? Rob? I mean, do, were you surprised? Cause I think he's had it, what, two years at this point, since they were saying like he, Grogu was training with Luke about two years. So at least two years. What are your thoughts on on Mando being unable to just 
you know, I mean, sadly wielding the dark, the, the dark saber. What are your thoughts there? As a fan, you know, I I just want to see like the action. You know, I want to see like the the, the good one. Good thing about Phantom Menace was the lightsaber action. Like, I would love to see like a little bit more fast paced. But we're seeing him. It's almost like a broadsword. Like he's struggling with it. It's heavy. He's learning. And I think you know, obviously, the point here is like it's earned. You know, this is kind of one of his struggles. You know, of him finding the way. Basically, um, you know, just like the Jedi has to build the lightsaber, the Jedi has to get the Kyber crystal, you know, the colors of the lightsabers. This is essentially uh, the Mandalorian's equivalent to that. And I'm not surprised to see that. Uh, But yeah, he wasn't that good with it. I thought he'd be a little bit better, but I think it's part of the journey and I'm excited to see where it goes because there's going to be that one scene where that's big boss and he's going to be going crazy and doing all this stuff with it, man. Al, what do you think, especially after seeing Bo-Katan? just wield it like nobody's business. I think what, that I, I think that was totally on purpose. Um it it just shows that he is not meant for it in any way. Um I I think we saw uh, during Boba Fett the little kind of not training montage but like him trying to learn how to like wield it and stuff but it just like it never clicked and I mean, it never seemed like it was his to begin with and he really just got it because he uh, defeated uh was it moff gideon yeah. i believe and yeah and i think it just shows when she uses it it's like oh yeah that was definitely hers and she trained her whole life for it um i i, I love that that they did that like he it doesn't matter how long he has it he's never gonna live up to it because it's not rightfully his so I, I thought that was a really cool way to to kind of show that. Do you think it was because of a lack of desire to train? Do you think maybe if he had trained in those two years on how to use it? I truly don't know. And this is episode two. And it's like, like the only motivation he has is to be go a Mandalorian again. Go to confession. If, if we're talking Catholicism, but like. <laughs> Such a Catholic old- show. Right. His his only motivation is to like he and and he, he kind of elaborates a little bit in this episode of like we are so divided. Like if we if we don't have our creed, we have nothing. Like we should start with that and then we can kind of unify, right? That's so again, super Catholic, but like that is so just that's such a big idea. And like how are you like how are you gonna execute on that? Like, I don't know what like okay, I'm gonna jump into the water with the big dragon guy. I did not know it was there. I'm going to jump in there. I'm going to be baptized. And then I'm going to go what? I'm going to go to the armor and like link up with them. And then like, what is the next step? We're going to reclaim the land that no one is, no one's fighting for. Like that's, I've just said like, again, even though this episode was like levels above episode one, it's still, it's like, what is Mando's motivation? Three seasons in. It's crazy. Um, I mean, am I asking this? What do you think, Bill? (laughs) I, I so I think this is the central thing here is we're gonna it's it's essentially not dissimilar from like Han and Luke in some respects of just like well it's the way of the Jedi okay what's well, cool we're gonna shoot somebody you know it's like blasters this is how we get stuff we fly ships and we shoot things that's how we win the that's how we win the war not through this religion. And that's always been kind of the thing is like, do we believe in the force? And so it's now you see like Bo-Katan like mocks Mando's religion. She thinks he's a fanatic. He's not a religious person. He's a fanatic. And that's what she thinks. And she will openly mock it at all times. 
Like she leaves him there. She's like, I'll show you the water. Like, okay, you'll get baptized or whatever. But at the same time, she's willing to risk her life multiple times for a guy who has her birthright. And she doesn't do it just to get the birthright. Like she sees our sweet baby boy and she's like, oh no, your dad's in trouble. Like I have to go help him. Oh my God, he's drowning. I'm going to go save him. So I think this is like kind of the central hub of the whole the thing where it's going to be they're going to help reunite the Mandalorians, like the religious sect and her, you know, band of people who now have the lost or the stolen fleet. They're going to bring them back together or they're going to go to war. But I think they're going to bring them back together because they're going to unite under this one principle of not a religious creed, but the way is to reunite Mandalore and have Mandalore become a planet and a people again. I think that's the whole thing they're going to do. And I think he's going to give that dark saber to Bo-Katan and be like, I endorse you as the leader. And then she probably eats it or some points. Then he has to lead him or something like that. Or like, or like, but I think he's going to endorse Bo-Katan at some point and be like, you are the rightful leader. Punch me in the face and take it. You won. Like you should be the leader. But I think he's the guy who has to unify. He's the unifier. And then she's the figurehead to get of the Mandalorian people, because there's going to be something with Moff Gideon. We didn't name drop Moff Gideon just to say he's somewhere like we did with uh, Gina Carano. There's a reason he's there. It's Giancarlo Esposito. You don't sideline that dude. I mean, you can, you can make the same argument for Boba too. Like, are they just, are they just name dropping the name drop or no, I'm hoping not. I don't think they are. I don't think they are. I don't think so either, but I know we'll get to that. We'll get to we'll get to, we'll get down to using the force to see in the future in a bit. But I, I've I, seen Rob use the force once or twice. I was about to say I think Rob uses it on the regular because the force is strong with him. Right. I, I'm, I'm sure, and, and I'm sure I'm sure you would do a better job of wielding the dark saber than Mando because man, that was painful to watch. Um, you know, for me, I felt like I one, you know there's nobody really around to train him on it. Um, you know, Sabine Wren was one of the other uh, Mando, Mandalorians who was able to use the dark saber, but she was trained by Kane and Jarrus back in rebels, you know, so she had a little bit, and of course, Bo-Katan had it for a good, a good amount of time. Um, I kind of feel like it's a little symbolic in that. I think Mando is still trying to figure out who he is, who he wants to be when he grows up. And, um, <laughs> You know, and that's really what it is. I, I think it comes down to not having the confidence. He doesn't necessarily want to lead, um, you know, or sit, sit over and preside over a bunch of Mandalorians. I, I think, you know, he and Grogu want to go do space stuff and go out and do an adventure. But um, the way the Darksaber works is, you know, with its user, you have to be one, one in purpose and mind. And Bo-Katan has her goal. She knows what she wants. And I think that's why she can wield the dark saber so confidently, whereas again, Mando, I think is still trying to figure out what he wants to do. And, you know, I think that that's reflecting, you know, maybe that conflict about where, where his future lies is also causing him to be unable to use the dark saber. That's just, that's just my two cents there. But I mean, we, we've talked about Bo-Katan now wielding the dark saber. And of course there was a whole, you know, dialogue about it in, in Boba Fett about how, you know, she didn't really win it in combat the first time. You know, Sabine Wren, as we saw in Rebels, gave her the Darksaber. Um, and, you know, now she's wielded the Darksaber twice without 
having to fight for it. She could have pulled the blaster aside. She chose the Darksaber. Do you guys think that that has any implications going forward that she's now wielding the Darksaber again without having wanted in combat? I mean, you know, you know, is there is there a purpose you think behind that? I mean, Al, what do you think? So you're shaking your head. No, I, I don't think so. I, you know, she made it very clear in, uh, I want to say the season two finale, and I think that was brought up against maybe another time. I know, I think it was just season two, but the whole, oh, was it in Boba Fett? Now I'm confused. Basically, she, it doesn't matter. Like he wanted to give it to her. He's like, hey, take it. I don't, I, I really, I, finale, I don't, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I don't I don't need it. And it's like, no, I need to win that shit in combat. So it's like, it doesn't matter if she's, you know, killing people with it, right? She does not have the clean to it. And that's why her mercenaries left, right? And their big claim to re- reclaim Andal or whatever. That's why it failed. So it, like she could start doing TikToks with it. It does not matter. <laughs> it doesn't matter. You're obsessed. <laughs> obsessed with TikTok. Oh my God! Wait. Somebody's gonna do it with those deep fakes. Somebody's gonna That's deep right. fake poke at She's probably now. doing it herself. She's right. Katie Sackhoff on Twitter on TikTok. <laughs> oh, Rob, Rob, save us, save us here. I mean, do you do you have any thoughts about you know? Are there any implications from Bo Katan wielding the dark saber again without having wanted a combat? I I didn't think so initially, but when you just posed the question, like it kind of got me thinking about it a little bit, um, and also to kind of kind of bill's point like you said earlier like she's she's a character that kind of wants to get from a to b like kind of like okay like everything doesn't have to be a certain way or a certain religion or whatever it is like when she used it in this episode like it was way better but it was pretty much like an ends to me and it's like oh there's a bad guy like here's a weapon um so i i didn't give it that much thought but i feel like you guys are on to something it's always a mystery it goes back to what al was saying about like Remember Moff Gideon brings up, oh, you know the rumor about her, right? She didn't win it. She was given it. And that's like the dirty little secret about her that no one really wants to say. It's like she never won it. So I think we're going to, this leads to them, to unify them, the two sides. They're going to have to fight, probably in front of the the carcass of the space gator. that's, (laughs) That's the thing too, but like, I don't know if anyone else felt this, but... There was a moment when they're walking and I, I just, when he saves her or so she saves him and they're all walking to, to the mines. I'm like, at one point in my head, I'm like, is she going to lock these two in a fucking mine and take that dark saber and just be like, I beat him. He's dead. Like, I honestly, like, I'm like, she is a badass who will like, she's, I don't know how good she is and i think she's like maybe like not really looking after uh din but it's like oh he's got my he's got my my property so it's like that's how i felt the whole time i'm like that's the only like motivation for her to rescue him she was about to tell him to fuck off when she found out it was groku (laughs) and not him well i mean you see those little papers those ears? Oh, I mean, Are you yeah. say no to that? And then he's just like, he's just cooing at everybody too. I'm like, oh, whatever you want, whatever you want, see, baby boy. She's like, what are you looking at? Uh, anything he fucking wants. He's yeah, exactly. I like how he exactly. also like gives her like side eye a lot of mm-hmm. times. He was like a salty oh. girl doing this one. He's like, bitch, whatever. Yeah. You came, you came to help me. 
Oh man. Let's not. Let's Salt, not. Salty baby Grogu's guys. This is, oh my gosh. It's you know, so like, great. I, th- but, I do think that she is, I think that this was an important episode for her because like it showed like I, it, all she did in season two was just be like, here's a revolutionary thing for me to say. And everything is about the war. And it's just like, now she's like, Oh shit. Like she had more of a personality. Like we have to, I think like, I don't think she's going to be the bad guy here. I think she's really going to be an ally to Mando. Maybe she turns, there's a heel turn in the final act. Who knows? That's how it happens. Sometimes the heel turn at the main event. We've seen it before. Uh, let's talk WrestleMania 17, but I mean, like, uh, I'll do that (laughs) reference. He's like, I was eight. Um, (laughs) very much so. But it very much could happen. But I think we're we have to invest in Bo-Katan. So we need to see that we need to see the personality there. And that's why I don't think she would have done what Al said, like, you know, killed Mando. Also, it's like, but in the same respect, she could have, yes, locked Mando in there. But also, how does the armorer going to know he was in the water? Is there a scent? Is there a glow? Is he have to have like a jar of water? Like, how do, is he going to know? He could have just like gone around the block, be like, done, like. How did they know he got baptized again? Questions. That's a good point. That's there's so many questions with this. And, and is, Al, is Grogu recording it? I don't that, that's oh go oh she get a GoPro. That would be funny right? to put a GoPro I, I, on him and I know. just it's like it's like I found this rock. I have proof. Bitch, just take a video. Like, <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> well, like Listen, the, right? the you have video. The it's cheap, black and white for whatever reason, but you have the video. Cheap, the cheap bucket that you have in your that that, that Pele gave you can can you do a video Pele? of the is it Pele like Pele Pele Pele, Pele soccer Pele. player you know <laughs> hand to God legendary soccer player legendary football R.I.P. R.I.P. Just, to the big man but a former you nice. know New York Metro star but not the point is um you know he was able to show video of the air quality. Have the droid recorded? Like I don't know. There's, we have the technology. People. Yeah, yeah, it's true. We could go I into mean, hyperspace. We could. We could. If the whales, the space whales, can do it, why can't we do it in Star Wars? I mean, Rob's why can't like, we record? Why did I come on this book. I know. Rob's like, wow, these guys are crazy. They're crazy. But you know, Al, I have. To it's like my girlfriend's making really... cannolis upstairs. I could have been up there. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> but. You know, Al, you bring up a really good point about Bo-Katan because I was wondering the same thing. And, right. uh, you know, this is going to kind of segue into my next question because, you know, watching her and learning about her, I mean, we do get a lot from, a lot more about Bo-Katan in this episode than we've, we've had in previous, you know, previous versions of her showing up. I mean, she's shown up in the Clone Wars. She, I, I want to say, I think she showed up in Rebels, but um, I know the Clone Wars for sure. But in the Clone Wars, and, I, and I'm wondering about this, guys, you know, of course, in, in Mando, she's talking about how her dad died defending Mandalore and, you know, that she was she didn't embarrass him, that she grew up, you know, a princess and that kind of thing. Of course, in the Clone Wars, there are a few spoiler alert for those who haven't seen the Clone Wars. Um, there are episodes there that involve her sister, the Duchess Satine, who was the ruler of Mandalore at the time. Bo-Katan actually was a member of the Death Watch. So she was against her sister who wanted to be more pacifist and, and kind of bring an end about to the kind of the warlike ways of, of Mandalore. I mean, you know, they've danced around this very carefully. And I mean, I don't, do you guys feel like they're, you know, there's like a retcon in the history of we trying to get Bo-Katan over or, you know, are we, 
you know, or is she going to turn heel knowing that she has a shady background? Do you think that that's actually going to get addressed? You know, the elephant in the room going to get talked about. What do you, what do you think, Rob? That's a really, really good question. You know, um, from what I know from Clone Wars and Rebels and all that, um, this, like you were kind of saying, I think it's a great question. So it's a little bit different or things that would add up or maybe they'll retroactively explain everything. But from this character and in a show like this, you don't get to see the characters really like they're more warriors than like, like they don't emote as much. So it's hard to get a read on everybody. Uh, they're very soft spoken. You know, there's not a lot of like long dialogue, you know, there's a lot of action. There's a lot of, uh, travel. Um, I think in this particular instance, I don't see this heel turn and maybe I'm getting worked here. Right. I don't, I don't see this heel turn coming. I think uh, she is an ally. Like, I think we kind of do see her true colors. Like you said earlier, like when Grogu came back and she's like, Oh, get out of here. And this is like Grogu. And yes, Grogu super cute. We all know that. Um, but her intentions were to go help him. And as soon as he was in the water, right in there to go, go get him out. Uh, to me, I mean, what else do you need to do to prove that? She may have other intentions right now, but you got me fooled. Um, I think the character that's being presented in this series is the character that we're going to get. But I'm so interested to see how maybe they connect the previous series or they, um, you know, portray this character moving forward. Yeah, because there's no mention of Satine at all. And she was a very key, you know, figure, especially for for fans of of Obi-Wan. It's a very different side. So I highly recommend watching those episodes if you have not. Um, of, of the Clone Wars, there's some interesting content there. But Bill, what do you what do you think? I mean, you know, we've seen in the past, Bo Katan, kind of again, she's willing to go. She was willing to go against her family. She she was the reason why her one of the reasons why her sister fell. Um, you know, I mean, are we going to see that side of her here? You think, or do are they retconning to kind of soften her and get her over? What do you think? Like I said, there could be that heel turn in the in the final episode. We saw that a bit in season two where she was willing to do what needed to be done. But we got that sweet baby boy and he 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 barely, he kind of melted that heart there. But also she saw that her way doesn't work like she her family is gone. Her the empire is destroyed. The whole planet's done. She's lost everything. So she's had a lot of time in her in her mind palace, which is not an empty Claire's, but actually a literal <laughs> palace that is just her and a droid. Uh, and she's had a lot of time to think and sulk and be pissed off. And it just realized like everything she did was wrong and it didn't work. So she's got to try another way. Maybe her intentions are just still to rule and just be the queen or whatever, or exact revenge upon the remaining remnants of remaining remnants, Jesus Christ, the remnants of the empire. <laughs> like maybe she wants to do that, but she's got to do it in a different way. And maybe okay. Mando's way, pun intended, is the way. So I, that's what she's got to try and do. And she's got to reunite people instead of just being a house divided because that didn't work. So Al, do you think, I mean, do you really feel like that heel turns coming still? Do you feel like, we're going to see a more savage side of Bo-Katan or do you think, or do you think Disney again is trying to retcon a little bit and get and and make her a little bit more favorable? It, it goes back to what I was saying earlier about, I don't know enough of his motivation and the, the arc of this season is so unclear that it's tough to make an assumption. Like I, I we can, 
tinfoil hat and like i said like before or, or actually used it before of like they could battle it out or whatever bill whoever said it but like i like her as a villain i like her as a good guy i think either way they'll 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 do it that it'll make it compelling or whatever but like i still don't have enough information because okay he gets baptized she gets the dark saber now what there's still like 10 Mandalorians that we are aware of. Like what is the next step to reclaim this planet? She's already keep saying like this planet used to be beautiful. This city used to be amazing, whatever, whatever it's in ruins. Like, what do you do now? Do you, do you get, um, uh, grief, extreme makeover grief to, to come redo your planet. (laughs) Is he the Ty Pennington of the star Wars universe? He'd be amazing at that. Hello, I'm uh, Brief Cargo. Oh, oh my gosh, Cargo. Disney! Move if you're listening, that Star Cruiser. <laughs> Disney, if oh. you're listening, please give us a design show. Bob Agger's like, I already gave you renovations. Jesus Christ, mm. what more do I have to do? Bob Baba Freak is like one of the like the construction guys. <laughs> oh my god, Baba Freak, that would be one of the best shows ever. Uh, yeah, forget yeah. the garage. I'm here for it. Yeah, I'm just. I, I just need. To, I need more information and like. The Mandalorian's great with this, though. And especially if you remember that first season where, like, every episode felt like this, like, isolated adventure. We are so trained now because it's season three. We got a t- season two and a half, which had a an arc, right, of, of Boba Fett. It's like, now we're like, all right, give us more story. Give us more story. The first two episodes are just like the first season of, like, here's, here's a little side quest. Here's a little side quest. And, like... I, I'm I'm searching for that long arc of like what is this season and it feels like they're pushing that toward at us but we don't have enough information so it's very confusing. Well, we had the la- second season. Remember, we we meet Bo-Katan like super early. Yeah, and then it's like uh, all right, now we got this plan. Yeah, but it started with the Marshall, but yeah. then it was yeah, and then it was like uh, oh wait a second. We got to get Bill Burr over. Let's get that. Let's get that brother a redemption arc <laughs> in the penultimate episode. Let's just do that. Space which is great. Boston. Well, yeah. space Southie trash. Space. And he's just like, ah, it's fucking wicked. I'm a good guy now. And then, I would love it if they got his ass back. Let's oh, get Bill I'm Burr. Sh- I'm sure he'll hey, come Bill back. Burr, do you want to be in Star Wars again? All right, fine. <laughs> ah, fuck it. Uh, fuck it. What am I doing? <laughs> Fucking Bruins are out of it anyway. Actually, they're not. They're I know they're great. good. <laughs> they're really good. He's like the Pats fucking blow. Mac Jones sucks. <laughs> more of a ba- more of a Bailey Zappy guy. <laughs> he really is. He would be. Oh Who's my that gosh. fucking Bailey Zappy? Oh my gosh, you guys. Oh. So again, there was a lot in this episode. Like you know, were there any Easter eggs that really stuck out at you guys? Like just things that that you saw that you're like okay, this, this is going to be something, this is either really cool, this baby just pop and super excited, or this is going to have implications going forward. I mean, um, Bill, do you have any, did you notice anything in the episode that made you kind of go, Ooh, okay. Well, Easter egg. Uh, uh, no, not as much as you probably, but I mean, the R5 was my big moment because I'm just like, he's been in everything. He was the guy who blew up in the first star Wars. He couldn't hold his shit together. It a panic attack essentially. He's like, I can't, I can't work on a moisture farm. Ah! And it's just like, all right, it's okay, guy. Go back to the childless. Uh, so that for me was the big one. Rob, what'd you have? Yeah, Bill touched on it earlier. The R five cameo. 
I mean, pretty much it. Yeah. R5, R5 definitely won. But also, I mean, we mentioned it earlier, but like the mention of Boba is just like, hey, you remember that show that you guys didn't like that much? Guess what? Still, <laughs> still part face. of this. It's like in your face. Al, I thought about you when they yeah. said she, when she made that line. I was like, for Al, that was for Al. There's good episodes in that <laughs> show. People like shit on that show. Yeah, like, they were they called the us... Mandalorian. <laughs> no, they're, wow. they're the, ones, the, 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 what, the ones with the neutrinos and their weird bikes. <laughs> yeah, kind of, actually. I really <laughs> like that one. That's a good episode. Uh, oh, I mean, I like gosh. the Rancor. Yeah. Oh, man, that'd be great. I mean, we got Danny Trejo as a Rancor handler. Uh, underused. That, that was so criminally underused maybe he'll come back guys maybe he'll oh, come but there are a lot more rancors out there i'm sure but um for me yeah there were a few as a star as a star wars geek over here i mean obviously um you know um concordia that's where the death watch was you know and that's interesting mm-hmm. that Mando said oh that's where i was born or that's where i grew up because i'm like wow you really grew up on the death watch moon so you are a remnant of you know as, as, as they've alluded to you know the children of the 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 watch basically you know that's that's kind of the, the predecessors to you know mando's current um you know kind of current situation here but i mean the biggest easter egg guys was the mythosaurus that, that we saw it right did yeah. anybody that yeah. was a mythosaur wasn't it been. i was that in jurassic world three <laughs> no it's the uh the the skull it's the skull that is painted everywhere that okay if the mythosaur shows up that heralds the new age of Mandalore. So, I mean, guys, do you feel like Bo-Katan seeing this mythosaur meant something? I mean, you know, I mean, did did the mythosaur, did didn't just really just sink like that or was the mythosaur involved? I mean, well, Al, I, I see you're kind of, you're, you're, your gears are turning. So what do you think there? I just like to think he tripped. <laughs> that would have been hilarious. How do you trip in water? <laughs> it's like when you're going out you know when you're out on the beach and all of a sudden you're on a sandbar and then the sandbar disappears and you're like oh you're just like yeah Yeah, but he's sink that far well you're he's wearing beskar armor dude okay i mean valid point but what do you what do you think i have a degree in english there is is, there's definite significance because the way that the episode ends when she saves him she's like oh shit like that that's there like she's like inundated like she's very like aware of like what she just saw and the fact that it didn't just like chase them i was like oh there's some significance here but like i'm gonna ask you amanda why is that significant because the coming of the mythosaur brings heralds the new rise of mandalore so mandalore will rise again oh shit that's great and 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 the sign uh the sign she read i want to say that that the living waters were identified as the lair of the mythosaurus but of course she didn't believe it because you know it's she superstition never, she, never tri- she never tripped in the water exactly she never <laughs> she never took a she never took a beskar dive down there no. i mean <laughs> so so i think a banana peel so i think this can go back to my theory of now now she has seen this this new information she has gotten maybe this is the heel turn now because now she has all the evidence she has of like, like I mean, we're coming back, we're we're back, baby. Man, I need man. our, I need our honest journalist to weigh in here. You're you're the voice of reason here, Rob. You are you are honest. I, I try us- my I try my best. Um, 
I'll be, I'll be super honest with you. That whole thing that you said, Amanda completely went over my head. Uh, I think, I think you're playing chess over here. I'm playing checkers. Like this is why you're hosting this thing. Uh, I think that's a great point. I'm going to copy and paste Al, except uh, I think this is going to fortify the face her remaining a face. I don't think it's going to make her turn heel, which it very well could. And it would make sense. Uh, the more I think about it now, I'm thinking about changing my answer, but I think this will fortify her and uh, align her more with Mando moving forward. But this is, this helps me understand the ending of the episode a lot better. And Al, I think I cut you off a little bit. What were you going to? No, I, I'm just saying like, I, I, I really feel that having her as just another ally and no clear adversary yet is making me feel like she is going to be an adversary. And the way that season two ended where she was like, you have my fucking sword. <laughs> like she was pissed. She wasn't happy about it. And their first meeting in episode one is not like greetings. Din. It's She's like, why Pick are, rocks. Man. You're like, yeah, yeah, seriously, like leave me alone. So it's like, I, I truly believe that there might, they might be going to war against each other for whatever reason um but again we just don't know enough information so it gets me really excited though like see this episode was again levels above episode one in terms of like really getting me hyped for the rest of this so bill what do you think so this might be when she starts to believe that like the religion around mandalore is for real because it's like the mythosaur was, you know, a myth. And it's a really dumb name for a big beast, right? <laughs> Especially when you don't believe in something. Oh, that's stupid. And then you see it and you're like, that was huge. And, it, you know, that's your big aha moment. So does she think, well, it's back because Din is here? Or is it because of me? Now, that could lead to that heel turn where if Din's the chosen one. I have to be the chosen one. Um and maybe that's where they fight. Maybe that's where she gets the dark saber back. I don't know. But I have a feeling they end up uniting somehow in the end and they have to fight the Empire because I think his line about we've been splintered for too long is an important line of that means they're getting back together. And I think that's what's going to happen here uh, because he's like they're scattered around the galaxy. And I wouldn't be surprised if the end of the episode ends like so many Star Wars uh, end of the season. I mean, so many Star Wars things where everybody shows up. And you didn't think they were going to be there. Everybody's there. So um, that would be pretty cool. Yeah. And I mean, we're already going down this road in terms of, you know, some of our different categories here with our uh, space. Well, hyperspace jumps. I mean, we're, we're jumping ahead into the future here. And, you know, I've thought a lot about this because with Mandalore, it's going to take work to unite them. Um, because I mean, you know, going back and watching the Clone Wars, Rebels, you know, and, and even with the Mandalorian Civil War, I mean, you have such a clear divide between, you know, the, the kind of the regular people, everyday pe- person in Mandalore. And then, of course, you know, the Death Watch at the time and now the way, uh, you know, there's that clear religious divide. And then the houses, the clans fought a lot, too. I mean, you had, you know, you have House Vizsla. Obviously, you have House you know, um, Kree's, which is Bo-Katan's house. And I mean, I, I'm going to take a hyperspace, you know, leap here with, with the Purgles and say that I think we're going to see Sabine show up at some point in the series because her house was a prominent house. It's House Wren. 
How she's going to show up, I'm not sure. Maybe if Bo-Katan and Din decide to fight it, if they have to fight it out at some point to get the Darksaber back into her hands or whatnot. I mean, could we see another... I mean, we could see another conflict. We could see another smaller civil war. That's kind of where I think this is This is going. It's gonna. We're going to see the, the pain, the painful rebirth of Mandalore is, is my guess for this season. But Al, what do you think? I was, was going to ask, we know, we know Sabine is going to be is like confirmed for a so yes. how mm-hmm. much of uh how much of there is there like a bow ahsoka like there is a big connection there so what i'm there's a big is, connection answer one of your questions from earlier is like are they going to go into the history of bow i think they're going to probably save that if she's going to be in ahsoka because there's just so much that they need to do in this season whatever it is because we don't know but i just feel like we're we might not get it in this, but we we, ah. we can get it eventually. But also, they don't need to retread a lot of stuff because they're kind of telling you, like, hey, this character exists. Go watch Clone Wars or go watch Rebels. They don't really need to retread a lot of things. Uh, they had to do that in the first episode for whatever reason about a show that happened already. Well, we're past that at that point. But, like, I don't think they need to be like, you know, Bo-Katan 10 years ago or 15, you know, 20 years ago, whatever it is. Um, I, I, I really... I think they may save that for Ahsoka. Okay. All right. Do you have any other, do you have any theories you want to, you want to add, you want to ride a space whale and, and do some hyperspace jumps? I, I think the biggest one for me is, is a conflict between Bo and, and Din. And, and, and he's like reluctant to like, if it's going to happen, it will be like, I need to like, I'm being forced to conf- conflict with her. I don't want to, I just, Apparently, I just want to be baptized and be a Mandalorian and just hang out with my son all day. Not a bad life. Yeah, that's Not a good a that's, life. That's a good but life like, right there. I, I don't know. I don't know. There, his her game plan is is what's going to affect his game plan. I think at this yeah. point. So okay. We'll hey Rob, you want to jump on a purple? Takes us some uh, hyperspace. A little hyperspace jump. Where do you think we're going? Yeah, on the road with Bando I'm here. going a completely different direction. Those are great theories. And I love like the callbacks or like possible spinoffs or possible cameos and other shows because there's so many ways you can go. And in this show, you see a lot of characters kind of like even looking at the cast, you see it's like featured, reoccurring, like um, that's kind of how the show has been. You know, it's basically Rogu and Mando. Um, for me, I wasn't thinking so much about like the Mandalorians. Uh, and Mandalore and all that, and Bo-Katan, I was thinking more of like, well, first of all, Al had a great point. He said it several times. Like, the the thing about this show, like I said, this episode was go through the cave and take a bath, you know, the running joke. This was a Shadows of the Empire N64 level. Um, But like, what is the big arc? You know, we're not saving the galaxy. We're not fighting the Empire yet. We see, we're starting to see pieces right now. We don't know what it is, which is the fun of it. Um, For me, I think the ultimate... um, story here is and we've seen a little bit of it already in previous seasons is going to be the journey of grogu versus the journey of mando um you know grogu obviously on the path of of the jedi the jedi master hopefully not sith i'm not doing any fan theories here um (laughs) that would be break everyone's heart terribly and then mando you know right now who's all in on the mandalorian religion um i think they're eventually going to have to go their separate ways which we've already seen once and i think that's kind of where it's heading that's kind of where my head's been at oh man bill what do you think i think we're getting ahsoka this season i think we're gonna get a little dip into that because you can't 
not do it. Like you teased her once and you got another show coming up. You want to put a little, little seed in there about this. And, you know, she kind of left it in Book of Boba Fett. Just like, hey, man, well, I'll be out there. But if you need me, just, uh, just give me a holler. And if Sabine is with her or she's chasing Sabine, I don't know the Sabine storyline, but this could all come into play. And I think it will come into play because you got another show to promote. But also, this is like the Mando universe, like Ahsoka takes part in. We talked about this last week, like Boba Fett, this skeleton crew. They're all going to take place in the Mandalorian universe. So I think we're going to see it happen there for sure. I think we're going to oh, see that. Oh, man. I, and y'all know me. I'm going to be a mess if Ahsoka shows up. I'm going to have to host out. that episode. You're just <laughs> yeah. going to be in a like, like falling because she's just, she's my fave of all time. So uh, yes, Disney, if y'all decide to bring her in for a cameo, I'm, I'm down for that. I, I'm good. I mean, Sabine is more than I can hope for, but if you really want to. Just, just make me cry. Bring Ahsoka, because that—that's gonna be—that's gonna be my thing. But award categories, guys. I mean, we got the No Squeezy Award. What is the cutest? <laughs> I had to. What is the cutest Grogu? What is your favorite Grogu moment of this episode? Because he was just so stinking cute. Bill, your moment. Oh, uh, when he was a salty son of a bitch to uh, <laughs> to to to. to um... I was just saying, just to Katie Sackoff, he's just looking at her like, he just like kind of would just give these looks like, don't mess with my dad, don't be mean to me. But at the same time, definitely was also very worried at times. <laughs> but he was, it was, that was the cute part because I'm just like, my God, you've never seen that side of him before. You've seen him like light a guy on fire, but we've never seen him, you know, get salty. So I, that was my favorite no squeezy moment. Rob, did you have a no squeezy moment? First, see baby boy Grogu. Man, it's like, so I'll be real. Like, you know, you had baby Groot, you know, then baby Yoda or Grogu. And then, you know, even in the new ghost, you had the baby stay puffs. Like, I get it. It's a thing, man. It's starting to give me a cavity a little bit. I'm more interested in the story arc and and the the actual character. Um, We were watching it upstairs every single time he's on screen. Oh, oh, I was like, what? Like, I I feel like there is a fan base and this is nothing wrong with it at all. I watch for what you enjoy. I think it's very endearing and cute, but baby baby yoda grogu and this goes without saying is over um and i think a lot of people just watch for the cute uh grogu moments and there there were so many like even when he jumped back into the spaceship like out of his little thing like the little hop i was just like come on man it's just uh, it's super cheese it's super cute man i'm not gonna lie i'm here for it but i'm i'm more interested in the story personally Okay. Sophie Bodkin has will take will have words with you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. She is I, I that was, person who watches just my for my goddaughter Same. too. She loves loves. I mean, here. Seth is just going to come up and just he might just punch you in the kidney. I'm sorry, because he just yeah, he's just uh, well, he's learning. He's learning from from uh, the Flamingo King over here, and uh, nice. you know, yeah, he watches he watches just for Grogu. So <laughs> he watches Uh-oh. for Grogu. So uh, Al saving us over here. I don't know. I felt some dark <laughs> some dark side vibes from uh, we got a little Sith side from Rob. Can we get can we get some of the the, the light over here? Can we bring the Jedi, <laughs> sweet baby boy? Help me out here, Al. Help me Fuck out here, you, Rob. 
Uh, I'm used to that. I'm used to that. No. Uh, That's what his first words is like. That's right. Oh, fuck you, Rob. <laughs> you can see Hobbs right. bit the ears off of him. Oh, um, son, of son of a bitch. Son of a bitch. He really He's is. jealous of how cute he is. Oh, um, my God. He's uh, jealous of everything. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> Um, no, the, I think the cutest, the one that made me like go like ah, like the most was his uh super excited flip out of the ship into Pele's arms. Uh, which like, oh, where's my little guy? Whee! <laughs> like, like this Jedi flip, and I was like, that's yeah. amazing. How does no one like? I, if I was even in the cast, I'd be like, I'd be rubbing his head. I'm like, oh, buddy. Like, Yo, so I no one does I, it. I, well, I was gonna say highly recommend uh it came out today, the hot ones with Pedro Pascal, and he's talking yes. about Last of Us and he's talking about uh Mandalorian, and I'm not gonna spoil anything, but basically he talks about like having to act opposite Grogu and like how it on it's like it's not really a lot of CGI, it's all practical for the most part or whatever. And he like he's like steals his thunder on set. It's amazing. I don't like, know how you how you can't. I, yeah. I I don't think I could function if like you oh, know God. he's just at me like I'm. I just be like, come here. I would never put him down. I would hold him forever. <laughs> Rob <laughs> would just Rob would just cast him aside. Yeah, no. Rob would just smack him out of my arms. He'd be like, uh, me go and you my... title fight. No, no. <laughs> he's like me and you barbed wire match. Barbed wire match. Oh, With no. the Azaleans, we're and doing we're TLC. Like, make I'll it a lumberjack too. Make uh, it a lumberjack match and throw the Anzellians around it. We'll throw some Babu Fricks around the ring. They're gonna be the yes. lumberjacks for this match. No fricks, no fricks given. No fricks given. No fricks given. Wow. <laughs> a, for those who didn't weren't on the Last of Us uh, episode, part of the episode, uh, that was Alicia got really high the other night and came up with the sitcom idea of her living with three Babu Fricks. <laughs> Carl Weathers as Grief Karga is her landlord. They're living in Jersey City, and it's called No Fricks Given. And when she walks down the street, two of them on her shoulder, one of them on her head, and she's just walking around Jersey City, and they're getting brunch and oh, like just living in everyday an, life. I could see an episode of No them, Fricks Given of the three of them in a trench coat, like going to the movies. <laughs> uh, <laughs> or, or, or no, no, the three of them in a trench coat, so she can use the carpool lane. Oh my god! Oh my gosh! So hire hire us, Disney, to write for the yeah. series. Oh, I'll do it. And and oh. uh, you know we're we're here for it. We're here oh for it. God. So, gosh, this is this is hard because you know Grogu's just so good <laughs> everything. Um, but you know I have to say the way that Grogu was like bye Felicia to that troll thing <laughs> was like not today. Just nope, and it just kept going. You know, just just going about. I was like, there, there you go. We're using some practical applications of your Jedi power. I was like, somebody was a cute little slacker so far because you can use the Force to spin in a chair very adorably. Uh, get some evidence and now flip. It's 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 super cute. It's kind of like, look what I can do. Um, <laughs> that's kind of what I feel like where Grogu is, and I just I love it. Um, so our next award is going to be the Carl Weathers signature handshake of approval because we can't do anything without Carl Weathers' iconic handshake of approval. Um, what was the either the best performance in this episode or just the your favorite thing about it that that worked? Rob, what was your what was your what's getting your Carl Weathers handshake of approval? Uh, for this particular episode, and there's a lot of good ones. It's hard to choose. I'm going to go with Pelly. I thought I said that correctly, right? Yes. Uh, yeah. yeah. yeah right. Exactly. <laughs> just such a great reoccurring yeah. character that I, it's not even just 
comedic relief. It's just kind of like such a different pace from the rest of the show. And she's so great. And just in terms of just acting and the performance, when she slipped right into the Jawa language, I was just like, whoa, like I, I legit was like, whoa, like that was so cool. Like I popped big for that. Um, she's such, I feel like she's going to be such like an important character. Cause she's, she's one of those like convenient characters. I'm always like weird about like convenient characters. Like, is she going to be captured or held for ransom or is something terrible going to happen to her? And like one of my favorite characters um, yet, like uh, Al mentioned the cute moment with her and Grogu, but always just a stellar performance. But the way she was talking to the droids, the way she was talking to the Jawas um, just, just in terms of pure acting ability uh, that stole the show for me. Yeah. She's seamless. She's seamless. And I feel like she understands almost every language because, you know, I think it, it was at Boba Fett. She was talking to like, an insect kind of looking, yeah. you know, I mean, she speaks so many different languages flawlessly. I'm here like, how much do we, it, for me, it creates intrigue because I'm like, how much do we really know about Pele? And you know, uh, what's her backstory? It makes me intrigued. If they did a show about her too, I'm okay with it. Like a comedy. Um, you know, I, I'd be good with it, but yeah, she, she did. She did an awesome job this episode. I like how shady she kind of was too with her business dealings in a fun way. You approved of her shadiness. It was it was great. Um, but to Eve, everyone, but to Eve. Um, Bill, who gets your Carl Weathers signature handshake of approval? Uh, Katie Sackoff. I, I, she really delivered in this one. She, she was able to be a complete badass. She was able to um, just give this performance where we're all trying to prognosticate where she, which way she'll go and we don't know and she did such a great job and it wasn't just because i mean yeah we know there's stuff that has to be sussed out with the writing but it's just like that performance we don't know what her motivations are we're all guessing like she's doing this i you know i was like oh she's doing this because she's she's done a shithead and then other people's like no no total shithead she just wants the star saber so we don't know what her motivations are but she played it so close to the best and she played it with such a a great performance here and we didn't get a lot of that. It was very one note in season two. It was like, I need this. It was very point A, point B, shoot things. I think she gave was able to have a lot more range in this episode. And I think she killed it. Al, who gets your Carl Weathers signature handshake of approval today? I, I truly won't even go into a long thing. Everything Bill said. Katie Sackoff, like absolutely crush it. Like she this is this was her time to shine. And I I'm hoping. We get more of yeah. her this season. Like, I really think this could be her step up. And again, if we, if, if my prediction is right and she's going to appear in Ahsoka, it just gives more, more context for her for that show. And people can, you know, kind of get more involved in like into her arc. And we can see her, you know, we, we call this like the Mando verse, right? And it's like, we're just following these characters that are getting introduced in this main show into these other shows. And I'm really hoping that's the case with her because she's so good in this. And I'm going to make it almost unanimous. I mean, Pele was excellent too, but Katie Sackoff, um, she just did an, an awesome job. And for me, I loved her in the Clone Wars, um, you know, as, as an animated. And, and, you know, even though her character was, was shady, there were things that she, she was very ruthless, you know, to a degree in the Clone Wars. Um, but I just love seeing... Katie Sackhoff have the opportunity to bring this character. She has voiced and grown to life and she does it beautifully. beautifully. Which, is, 
erotic because we just talked about in the last yeah. post how like the voice actors really wouldn't have it was no. a nice addition but they wouldn't have made the right character choice but this was the right character yeah choice. i mean and i mean just even the way she's drawn in the clone wars just she looks like katie sackoff that's so that's also the cool thing i think about you know some of the animation for those shows but um but yeah so that's who's going to get it for me and of course i know we've all talked about the things that we've loved in this episode the easter eggs that we've had but of course there has to be something I'm sure that probably didn't work for everybody. So I call this the Mando needs a tetanus shot award because he's getting stuck with all kinds of dirty Pedro Pascal, man. He's just getting stuck with dirty needles this week. Um, <laughs> the germaphobe in me is like dead, dead inside of like, um, so Al, what didn't work for you in this episode? It's a stupid and kind of small one because overall I like love this episode, but the one and you actually kind of brought it up before, Amanda, was uh uh Grogu when he threw the uh that one creature thing out of the cave. I'm like, yeah. oh man, super powerful. Why didn't he save Din himself? Like just yeah. force open that thing. What are we doing? I know he's listening to his dad, but like at the same time, like you see big mechanical crazy robot guy. I'm like, first thing I'm gonna do is just kill that thing. So that was that was my only gripe. But again, it's to bring. You know, it makes sense for the story about bringing Bo and all that kind of stuff, whatever. But that that was the only thing. Yeah, I was just like, eh. That's that's a valid point, though, because, I mean, you did have him put a Rancor to sleep. Yeah. And Boba Fett. Yeah. Oh, that's right. He did do that. He put the Rancor to sleep. It's almost like there's some good parts of Boba Fett there, Bill. I told you there are two good episodes <laughs> and it called the Mandalorian. I feel, um, I feel like we'll, we're Bill Burr and Nick Kroll in New Girl and we're just going to start yelling at each other in a minute. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> because they're Nick's brothers. Remember this brother and yes. his cousin when his dad dies? Damn it, I gotta watch that. Oh, Great man. episode. I need to I go back and rewatch those. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. So, by the way, the finale review is that Rob wrote for New Girl. Still one of the most well read things on the site. Still Yay! so so searched. Like, what did they write on the back of their of the 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 bill at the restaurant? Great. I show. mean, well, on that note, Rob, was there anything on this episode that didn't work for you? Anything that you need to get a tetanus shot for? He's like, oh, Baby Yoda sucks. <laughs> I'm not, not anti-Baby Yoda. Wow, that's like the most heel thing I could ever say Like in, the, in this yeah, world. I think he did say um, Not, not anti-Baby Yoda or Grogu at all. Just more excited in, in the character arc. But that being said, um, this episode was solid way better, again, than the first one. Uh, I was here for the ride. Um, there were a lot of times, and this is just me playing director. There was a lot of times like where they went in a cave or turned a corner or went underwater. You're like, monster's going to pop out. Monster's going to pop out. Monster, very video game. Um, so I kind of saw those coming, but it was fun there. The action was there. My biggest thing, and I'm nitpicking, like I'm really nitpicking at this point, just playing director here. Um, when, um, Bo-Katan was just like having the little dialogue when they were walking through the caves and stuff and, and the ruins and the mines, um, she would have like little, like sentences or one word phrases. And again, great performance about like how it was and all that stuff. And I thought, you know, why not a flashback? Like, I mean, maybe it's given too much mm -hmm. away, like leave the mystery, but like kind of while she's speaking, like, and again, this is just me playing director. Why not do like show like the ruins and then just do like the flashback in it in its, you know, essence and its greatness uh, and give us a little bit of uh, more of a visual. That's how I would have done it personally. But um I think it just leaves that mystery is probably why they didn't do that. Okay. That's a good point though. That would have been neat. Interesting yeah. to see like a little, maybe like a flashback overlay. Yes. Um, exactly. Or something over the, you know, the parts that she's talking about them. So, but 
That's a good point. Bill, what didn't work? In my review, I put in that some of the dialogue came off very, um, very to Exposition Jones. It's like, this is why we are going here. Look at this over there. This is this thing. And then, but so in one hand, you could take it like that is bad writing. You're like, okay, I get it. You're hitting us over the head. But at the other end of it, it's a parent telling a kid. And as a, you know, if you're a parent or you're an uncle or an aunt, or, you know, you have older, younger, very young siblings, you explain things on a car ride to them like okay we're going to the store okay this is where i grew up over here and this is where this person you know is from here and it's very explanatory to the child because it's like this is what you do with a kid you're teaching them about the world through just explaining mundane shit to them and i mean driving to you know mandalore is not mundane but it means it's like (laughs) he's saying if you're going to be a good mandalorian you have to know maps and like, and so it's like, it's like very, very explanatory. And I think it's some people could take that as like, Christ, this is so on the nose and condescending at some point, but it's actually because he's talking to the kids. So I think that's the weakest point, but it's again, it's a nitpick again. All right. Well, for me, what didn't work was I wanted a little bit more of a longer fight with the robot, the, the, the robot cyborg thing. I'm like, y'all kind of built this up. Obviously Amanda was in trouble and it took, Bo-Katan, like two or three good hits of the lightsaber, or sorry, the dark saber to, uh, you know, take it out. So, you know, I, I, I was kind of wondering if we're going to maybe get a backstory on that because, you know, we, we, we've explored the, you know, in other, other Star Wars shows, you know, the cyborg human, you know, modification and all of that, you know, um, are we going to get some of that here? Or was this just kind of a, we need Bo-Katan to wield the dark saber so we can show uh, you know, that Mando's inept with using it. So, um, so the, the, the general Grievous knockoff robot didn't really work for me. Uh, (laughs) that was, that was a nice little callback though, with the whole spear and everything, um, you know, to, to the prequels, but, uh, yeah, I, I was kind of hoping for more than that. So that, that, that didn't work for me. That's what I'm getting a tetanus shot for. And literally that droid was the one that Gave a dirty needle shot. Yeah, yeah. So, Al, you have one job, and that is to give us our rating system for this episode. What are we going to do? That is my job. Yeah, so we're going to rate this episode on 1 to 10 big-ass sea dragons. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. So, Rob, on a scale of 1 to 10 big-ass sea dragons, what are you rating this episode? Just a solid eight, eight point one, solid 8.1, just solid episode. Again, we're dealing with a lot of characters and you, Bill was kind of mentioned at the end there, like uh, in, in terms of the dialogue and stuff, like these are not people that are emoting or are crying or like revealing their love or anything. Like these are warriors. These are soldiers. Like that's what we're getting. This was a journey. This was a fight. Uh, it's building to something. We don't know what solid episode eight one. Bill, big ass sea dragons. Uh, eight and a half. I'm going to go eight and a half, man. This was a, this was a big time jump. This felt like a classic Mando episode. That last up, it, it actually makes the premiere look worse uh, as of an episode. Like God, it, that episode sucks so much. But like I said last week, I have faith in the creative team to, to create something and and, and make it right. And they did. And uh, there was a great episode. Al, big ass sea dragons. How many? Yeah, I, I think 
definitely like an eight, eight and a half in that range, kind of uh, along with uh, with Rob on that one. It's it definitely felt like classic Mando. It both felt like a um, side quest, yet something that's going to be super, super important for the main story. I do want to address something that made me uh, like had a very visceral reaction was IGN uh internet gaming news uh the website oh yeah yeah they gave it a five and the reason that they gave it a five was they said they couldn't they said the it had the same problems as the the um the 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 episode of Game of Thrones that was really dark and they said oh it was it was too dark I couldn't see anything and, and that ruined the episode I was like I didn't have that issue on I know I had no one else had this no issue. one yeah no. that was no one I had I, it on Game of Thrones, though, to be fair, but not there on was, sure. That, yeah. There was and, the two, the one in Game of Thrones, one in House of Dragon, and we were really hard to see. Right. But yeah. And so that's what I was expecting because you retweeted that, like, what a dumbass. And then I yeah. was just like, yeah. What? Yeah. And I, I basically I, I described it as like, this is like saying that an album is bad because your headphones are broken. Like, just get a new TV. Like, what the hell's the matter with you? Like, if everyone is saying that this is not an issue, I think you might have had the issue. Yeah. Did you, watch, well, did you watch a screener on a laptop that was all the way down brightness? Like, I don't understand. So um, definitely that person, uh, not saying you're a bad writer, saying go maybe, I don't know, rewatch it on a different device and see if you have the yeah. same issue. I thought the episode was so great. It was very, like, as Bill said, classic, classic Mando. Yeah, it feels like they didn't understand that this was taking place in a mine. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's like mines are supposed to be it was dark not the, and not It wasn't the lit. Costco of Mandalore. Yeah, it was Imagine like just put it right. <laughs> I'd well, watch I mean, it. It's, it's not supposed to be well lit. It's a mine. Mm-hmm. People are, and the planet is un, basically at this point was considered to be uninhabitable. So that makes yeah. no sense whatsoever. Okay, yeah. <laughs> I'm just gonna. That's my expression. It's gonna be uh huh. That's that's what that's that's my my opinion there. Um, so for me, I'm gonna say eight and a half um, out of ten big ass sea dragons because loved all the Easter eggs. I could geek out about all of those if if yeah. And there was a lot here. Um, we got to go to Mandalore, which at least we weren't on Tatooine. So I will take that <laughs> at least for a brief bit. Um, you know, we we had again a very fleshed out, you know, Bo Katan, you know, more so than we've gotten before. The performances have been great for this for this episode. And this really felt like, as everybody has said, classic Mando. This is what I wanted from the premiere, and I got it. So I, I feel like we're back on track now, and I'm excited to see where we're gonna go um going forward. So Thank you guys for visiting Mandalore with your Mandalorian. Uh, super excited. And so to, to uh, wrap things up and bring it to a close, everybody give, if y'all can just say where we can find you guys on social media. And of course, you know, a quick pop culture recommendation. So I'm going to start with our resident guest, our guest of honor, I should say, Rob, thank you again for being here with us. Um, everybody, you know, the BCP Bob Culture Podcast, check it out, especially if you're a wrestling fan. Um, you know, some great content coming out there. And I've been fortunate to to have been on some episodes. I know Bill has. So, um, you know, awesome, awesome place. So Rob, tell us where, where people can find you on social media. And if you've got a pop culture recommendation for us. 
Oh, cool. And thank you. And a shameless promo. We're going to do a WrestleMania episode. Bill and Amanda will both be on it in a couple of weeks. Someone uh, has to be the voice of reason. That, that's it. Um, you know, Roman Reigns fan over here is just going to tell you, no, just, just acknowledge me, Bill. Acknowledge wow. Me. I do every episode. Wow. We've, we've acknowledged <laughs> you as our podcast is better since you've been on it. <laughs> Yeah, but uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to that, guys. Shameless promo, follow the BCP uh, on all podcast platforms. Uh, Apple, we got the video version up on YouTube. We like to do our uh, pay-per-view predictions live on Facebook so everyone can join the chat, have a lot of fun with that. The Bob Culture Podcast across the board. Uh, check out our interviews uh, with Johnny Gargano, uh, Tommy Dreamer, Dave LaGreca, Velvet Sky. We interviewed a Ghostbuster, Ernie Hudson. That was pretty cool. Um, Al, you are totally welcome for the WrestleMania panel just to come hang out, man, because uh, he's the <laughs> man. And we love that would be hilarious. I would love to be <laughs> you to be baked off your ass to come on that podcast. <laughs> okay, so we have talked about this as an episode of Social I know, Stabbing. As this, the, the idea, man, I don't know if you were on before no, when I've talked no, about this, but the, the idea would be is you tell me, go watch something, it, whether it's an episode of AEW or WW, uh, WWE, uh, an event, whatever. And I have to, without any context of before, tell you what's going on. Oh, my God. Can we make it's this gonna happen? happen? Yeah, we're we going to really make it happen. We will. That would be a fun we episode. Will. That's awesome. I'm, yeah. uh, I'm here for that. But that's my <laughs> rec- recommendation is for Al to do that. But also, I'll say... Um, if you now's the time, if you guys ain't watching Ted Lasso, uh, people have been telling me to watch for years. Great show. Just great. Um subplots just great messages a lot of like non-cliches a lot of you know things against toxic masculinity and 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 being judgmental you know be curious not judgmental and it's just a great show a a great coach i love watching with my dad every week very excited to check that out on apple tv and there's gonna be a great series featuring a lot of our friends here in the northeast monster factory so check that out on apple tv awesome thanks again rob and bill where can people find you you must follow me on Twitter. I'm at Bodkin Writes. Um, I, of course, am the editor-in-chief of thepopbreak.com. I've been doing that for the past 14 years. Um, most recently uh, posted reviews on uh, NBC's Poker Face. Uh, I'm doing weekly on The Mandalorian because I like to torture myself. I will have post-Oscars. I'm going to have a feature on why you should be watching one of the best movies of 2022, uh, which was nominated for an Oscar, RRR. Um, my, uh, on the... Um, Pop Break Socials files on uh, Instagram and Twitter at the Pop Break. Follow my other podcast, Bill versus the MCU, which is going to be dropping on the Pop Break Today feed, uh, which is also part of my uh, my pop culture recommendation, which is Daredevil season two. Guess what? It's awesome. I'm seven years late on it, and I don't give a shit. It's great. Um, <laughs> then I also do an interview series called Anchor to Nasbury. That's on the Pop Break Today feed. And I'm also one of the three people who is the panel for uh, TV Break, which is our once-monthly uh, television podcast uh, that we do. Uh, you can find that on the Pop Break Today feed. So, yeah, that's where I am. All right, Al, before you go, hang out with the Anzillians again and uh, have some have some brewskis. No squeezy, bad baby, all of it. Bring us home. Where yeah, can people you, find you? You can find me at Al Manorino on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, I have a couple shows lined up for uh, a, a site I shoot for called NJ.com. Um, it, it is most likely happening, so I can say it, I guess, here. Uh, I will be taking photos of uh, John Mayer at the nice. Central Center. 
And then this one's great. Um, I will be taking photos of Bruce Springsteen at, <gasps> at uh, the Wells Fargo Center. So uh, look for those on my Instagram and Twitter uh, at Al Manorino. And then for a pop culture recommendation, uh, I don't remember if uh, Ben said this last week, but if not, uh, Shrinking on Apple TV Plus. Uh, incredible show as... As, as Rob was talking about Ted Lasso uh, from the creators of Ted Lasso, uh, Bill Lawrence, as well as Jason Siegel, who stars in it, and Brett Goldstein, uh, who plays uh, Roy Kent on Ted Lasso. Uh, absolutely incredible new series that was just renewed, just, uh, renewed as what yeah. I was about to say, just announced today uh, that it's been renewed for season two. And I love how Bill Lawrence is like, thank you, everyone. Thank you, everyone. We're actually you've been writing season two for a while, but you know how these things happen. Uh, so, yeah, very exciting uh, that that show exists because it's incredible. Uh, Bill, you would absolutely love it. Uh, so make sure you check it out. And uh, yeah, that's enough from me. All right. And guys, again, I am your human Star Wars expert, Amanda, of course, Rebus. So you can follow me on uh, at Amandalorian on Instagram. So uh, where I just hang out, do nerd stuff. I also want to give a shout out to um, Dose Incredibles podcast. They had me on last week to talk Star Wars and nerd out. And so I um, appreciate them showing us here at Socially Distanced of Love. And um, so so there's, there's that. And of course, my pop culture recommendation, as Bill always loves to say, it's going to be anime based. <laughs> Um, Attack on Titan, the second part of the final season just dropped. It is a one hour long episode. I like to equate it to if you like watching The Last of Us, you kind of like going down and suffering a little bit. Um, Attack on Titan is probably at that level. Uh, Very intense, really well done. Of course, I have to wait now until October for the rest of the final season. But the show is, is really good. Again, if you like something a little dark, a little heavy. It's, it's, it's good to watch. So that's it for us. So join us next week as we show, continue to show Pedro Pascal some more love. Thank you guys so much. And y'all have a great night. 